Blog Talk Radio.
Good evening, citizens of Earth. Welcome, humans. I'm merely telling you that the future of your planet is at stake. We have to ask you to try to stay calm, and it's important for everyone not to panic. I am authorized to assure you that so far there is no reasonable cause for alarm. We have come to visit you in peace and with goodwill. We work for a highly funded yet unofficial government agency. Our mission is to monitor extraterrestrial activity on Earth. We are the men in black. You know what the difference is between you and me? I make this look good. This is a dream come true. What's happening, what's happening, what's happening? This is Coach Tyre, and you are now rocking with the best. I feel like Nature Boy Ric Flair tonight. If you don't know, you better ask somebody. Shoulders are loose. It's going to be a good night tonight. Tonight you are rocking with Original Native Radio with the Thursday Night Tantra, the Tower of Tantra. Big brother Yao Morris, Master Yao Morris in the building, Coach Kair, and ooh, and of course my lovely audience, my lovely audience. I gotta call y'all lovely family because it just feels more like that. Like as we grow with the International Grand Trine Facebook page that's up now. Oh man, the love in there, the intelligence, you know. I really love just how the room is just, it's like not all off the chain, but it's really informative. People are very serious. Some people are getting healed. We're seeing some big results in there already. You know, like teamwork makes the dream work. I'm seeing people in there who are really living the tantric lifestyle, and I just wanted to give a big shout-out to them. You know, everybody. This is a dream come true. I mean, but tonight we're going to have some fun. We got some things coming up that we're going to have some cool announcements with. If you need to get in contact with Coach Kyrie, because when this thing gets rolling, I like all their lights to be on y'all. But if you need to get in contact with Coach Kyrie for anything that you hear discussed tonight, my phone number is 336-587-1215, 336-587-1215. If you already know what appointment that you want to take, you can just go over and hit me up at CoachKAppointments.com. CoachKAppointments.com. All right. When Coach K and Master Yao talk about the science and tower of Tantra, what does it sound like? Each and every night, you find out. Get on your feet. Bring it in, Master Yao. Hello, hello, hello. This is a dream come true. What's happening? What's happening? It's all good and some better. <laughs> I'm feeling good tonight, and I'm vibrating joy, peace, harmony to everybody under the sound of my voice. I I just love all of you, and I look forward to spending this time with you every week. And I think that... Uh, you and I are making a difference in the world. That alone makes me feel worthwhile as a human being. 
that I can commune with other human beings and make a difference. And so I want to thank everyone who has listened to the shows up to this point for honoring me in that way and for participating in this uh, venture that way. I want to give thanks to Coach K, Coach Kair. I'm starting to call him KK. I don't think he likes that, but <laughs> he's, 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 he's taken to being a little bit of a pimp. I mean, I didn't see him in, I didn't see him in three or four white outfits. And now, now he's gone to to modeling white outfits on Facebook. <laughs> and you know, I'm I'm trying to put this into perspective. I'm like, I mean, he's a very confident brother, so I don't think he's you know, he's trying to build up his confidence or nothing like that. I, he already knows he looks good, so I mean, maybe the brother just wants to model white outfits. I, I you know, we can't we can't be mad at him for that. I feel, like, that was, I feel like Magnum P.I. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> the outfit, you guys need to go on, um, let's see, where can they go? Um, I'm trying to think where the pictures are posted. But you need to see the outfit that he was wearing in North Carolina. It had the embedded white uh, 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 design in the fabric. So it was all white, but written in white was this, you know, with these symbols and stuff. It was pretty cool, you know. And I'm like, okay, uh, it's going to make me step my game up, so I'm going to have to go clothes shopping now so I can be looking <laughs> dapper like these brothers, the younger brothers. Anyway, so, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good tonight. And uh, I want to give a big shout-out to Serious Brother up in New Jersey. A lot of you know Serious Brother. He's uh, doing a class this weekend, um, and uh, you can go on my page or go on go to Serious Brother on Facebook, go to his uh, wall, and check out uh, the, the activities he's got there. Uh, so our family is growing. We are, uh, you know, we're reaching out and making uh, connections to uh, Dr. Charles Abbott. Uh, he's going to be... Uh, partnering with me to uh, help me make things clearer to people taking the level two class. Uh, he's going to go and do um, a graph of their auric fields. And then this is not the tower, but this is the, this is the, like the outer casing of the tower. And it gives you a real good indication of what the tower is. A lot of people have difficult time with some of the concepts I presented. I say the Tower of Tantra, and it sounds good, but then a lot of people ask me, well, y'all, what is the Tower of Tantra? So Dr. Abbott is going to come up to the class. He's going to put every last student, all 20 of them, on the machine and give them two or three graphs, two or three printouts that's going to tell them exactly where their chi levels are, what their what, what they're uh, what their energy body is doing at this time. We are reaching out to a uh, brother so far out in California and uh, Dr. Abbott and, and a, a few other people. Uh, level 3 we're preparing for, and Level 3 has a lot of acupuncture-type things in it and a lot of cyclic-type things in it and a lot of uh, higher, uh, sort of higher science where you can, uh, again, 
see the results of what you're doing step by step. You can, you know, look at your blood under the microscope and watch it change at the molecular level as you go through these uh, exercises and levels. So I feel very good about this, these developments, because I've been waiting for a long time for people to really get a full understanding of what Tantra is. Uh, people see us, Tayer, myself, a serious brother, do these things on the table, and they're like, what is, what's happening here? And, you know, we've been telling people in the classes the real deal. Uh, out in public, we don't often say a lot, but, you know, in the classes, we, we tell people what we're, what's actually happening. And there's, there's a certain level of disbelief, I've been told. I get the feedback. They don't tell me in class, but later on, some of my spies will tell me, well, y'all, they really didn't believe what you said. And as we get into the higher levels of this thing, um, you know, it, it behooves me to prove it. You should be able to prove it if it's real. And we are. And we begin uh, that process uh, October the 6th where we're going to actually chart the chi and show people how these exercises uh, impact on your chi and thereby your health and your blood. Uh, we have someone who can look at your blood under the microscope. And when he does that, he can then tell you what exactly is happening on a molecular level in your cells because you can see the nutrients being taken out of the blood and you can see the waste from the cells coming into the blood and you can see the you can actually see life taking place before your eyes and how tantra changes it how it can then change the uh, womb so that a woman can eject uh, fibroids we had another young lady uh, successfully begin the process of ejecting her fibroids with no surgery no serious medical regimen except proper living no um, no extraordinary um, uh, uh, crisis event except to go through the program so I'm very I'm very happy for this and and that there are, uh, you know other people now begin to come into this process and and begin to show people how the Tantra ties into acupuncture how the Tantra ties into reflexology how the Tantra ties into uh, general health, how the Tantra ties into your blood health, how the Tantra tries in, ties into such things as diabetes and fibroids, how Tantra try, ties into mental acumen, your intelligence, how your brain functions, how it ties into sleep. And we begin this process of documenting and proving these things so that it's not just that Master Yao says X, Y, and Z, you know, we're going to also begin the process of documenting this, leading up to, I hope, the publication of a DVD that shows all of this documentation in one place uh, so that you can then begin to understand better that when you do X, Y happens, when you do D, E happens, and Y and make this connection between Tantra and science. I believe this is very important for what I would love to see is that people take Tantra more seriously 
that they apply it to more aspects of their life and that they get better results. So, um, shout out again to Sirius Brother and what he's doing up there because he's a big part of this. And he's been, uh, he's got some real good surprises for you guys uh, in, the, in, the, in the foreseeable future and some of these new developments that we have really been holding back. I want to take maybe five minutes just to once again talk about what I said on the very first program. I think that's 13 or 14 sessions ago. 17. So uh, when we started this journey, I said bookmark this date and pay attention because you can see or you will see that that where we're going with this is someplace that no one teaching Tantra in the United States or in the Western Hemisphere has gone before. We're going to give you information that there is no one else publicly teaching this. There is very few people I I I suspect who have been able to make the connection between Tantra and science, who can document what they're doing and who can explain what's happening to the extent that the people in the Grand Trine program are doing. Um, so I want to say that Tantra has five levels. So far, we started the program, the public, we started, to, we went public uh, in 2006, and we spent the first years preparing and we published the book, The Oracle of Kim Sanu, in 2011. And shortly after that, we started the class series in October 2011. So we're coming up on our one-year anniversary. Um, and so it's appropriate that we begin teaching Level 2. So I want to tell you that Level 3, those people who complete Level 3 will be in a position and will be certified or licensed to teach the Grand Trine program. At level three, you will be able to conduct sexual rituals. These sexual rituals are real. They deal with such things as the removal of generational curses. In other words, uh, they're not in your DNA, but they're passed on from mother to daughter to grandmother, whatever, and they're passed on to the children through the vibration of the parent holding this vibration of negativity over the long periods of time. And in some cases, these curses or whatever go back into the 19, uh, into the 1800s. And, you know, the child starts out life with a handicap. We've done these rituals before with excellent results, where once this energy is removed, uh, we see in the people to change almost immediately in their fortunes. At level three, we're going to be talking about rituals that have to do with sexual manifestation. We've been experimenting with this for about two years now, and there has been some difficulty in getting the male and female to cooperate with each other. But outside of that, we've had uh, moderate success. There's still some kinks we've got to get out of it. But I'm hoping that once I start teaching these rituals to other people, we'll be able to do them more often and the success rate will go up. 
At level three, we get very involved with uh, the acupuncture component of Tantra and how at each cycle in the year, there's a certain regimen that you do. It takes a couple of days that will renovate your body, renovate your energy, rechannel your energy. We talk about at level three the organs, and we get into a much more advanced model for energizing your five major organs and balancing the chi to allow you to project your energy at a much heightened fashion so that there's a major, major difference between what you what you're doing at level two and what you're doing at level three. At level three, we're going to jump into the gland, the uh, adrenal, the adrenal, the endocrine glands at a very different perspective. In other words, regimens for sending energy into the gland systems in such a way that you supercharge them. At level three, we're going to get into some of these mantras, uh, special. Uh, mantras, special sounds and sound combinations that put you into a particular state of mind that allows you to bring forth one of the four elementals in a pure, in other words, you're almost possessing the elemental and thereby taking your love life into a place where few have gone before. You'll think you're on Star Trek, but you'll understand the science of it and uh at level three, we'll get into the brain and why these rites of passage work and how the brain plays a role in the activation of dormant faculties in the DNA. So before this, um, uh, I think I would say before the next year is out, I'm hoping to have taught uh, levels one through four, and I'm hoping that, that people will begin to get a ch chance to actually see or talk to people who've actually experienced this. We've already had um, very, very positive things happen with the people who have gone through level one. We've had about 80 people so far that have been through the class. We're now starting the level two phase of it, and I'm hoping that early in 2013 we'll, be, we'll have enough people to do a level three class, which is much more involved. Level three to level one is like two to the third power. It's, it's not three times as, as intense. It's nine times as intense. Um, not even going to talk about level four and five because you know, we need a whole new language to do that. So... What I'm saying is that we're looking at the dawning of a new age in Tantra where things are being made available to the public that just weren't available 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Not since Osho was in the United States has the public had this level of access to the secrets of Tantra. So... Um, you know, I, 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 I'm just very excited because we're coming up on this one-year anniversary. I'm very excited. Uh, the show is, is gaining in popularity every week. Last week we had 85 hits on our Facebook page during the show. We will exceed that tonight, no doubt. Um, we're getting ready to launch our uh, broadcast platform so that you'll be able to see me uh, 
uh, you'll be able to see a video, a live streaming video of me uh, doing these uh, classes very soon. Uh, that won't affect the blog talk broadcast, but what you'll be able to do is listen to the broadcast and then see it in action. We're going to have uh, table models and gentlemen and, and female students who are going to be demonstrating what they can do and what they write on the uh, right on the TV, right on, and you can do it right at home. You can watch it right at home. Um, we're going to be stepping up our efforts around the country of doing these meet and greets and these workshops, and we really want to to spread this gospel of tantra so that uh, people understand this is not something that your neighbor is doing. This is something available to you that is useful, that is not hocus-pocus, that is not just about sex. It's something that can uh, revolutionize your life. Now, the show tonight, uh, I had a lot of topics I wanted to talk about, and I, I'm hoping that I can get to talk about manifestations, if Coach Kyle will allow but before I do, there's something I want to address for a short period of time uh, because it's just come up repeatedly in the last two weeks, and it's like a nagging thing. And uh, I'm hoping that we'll get some callers to call in and have a good discussion on this because it's just something that the air needs to be cleared on. And that is, uh, first of all, let me repeat the call-in number. It's 347-205-9089. And I'm hoping that you'll start calling in and pressing 1 right now so that uh, you'll be up on the queue and Coach Kyer can see you. The complaint that I've been getting as I go into the Level 2 class series is uh, men are saying, they cannot find women to work on them, that the women do not want to invest the time in, in learning Tantra to the extent that they're able to do energy work on men and heal men. And the con Contra indication, the opposite but complementary complaint that I'm getting from the females is that they're not all of that interested in Tantra because they don't have a man. They don't have a sexual partner that they can depend on. Not, I've gotten this complaint repeatedly. Not as a complaint, but uh, several of the women signing up for the Level 2 class said to me, Master Yao, uh, amazing things have happened to me. My life has changed. I'm doing this, that, and the other. But I'm not as excited as I would be because... The, the two men that I know that I have been intimate with in the past, neither of them, um, I don't think they're good candidates for Tantra. And I'm just, I just wish I had a man that I could practice this with. And the men are saying to me, Master Yao, the last time I made love to a woman, it was 100% better, it was improved, it was this, it was that. Um, I'm, I, I'm hearing about brothers doing some amazing things uh, with, the, with the techniques that they've learned. But they say, Master Yao, I'm getting ready to go into level two. I'm going to take your class, but where are the women 
to heal me? Where are the women to work on me? Where are the um, where are the where are the female tantra masters? So I want to address that concern tonight. Those of you out there listening, go to Grantron uh, Family Support uh, 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 Grantron Support Circle uh, Family Support Circle, the International Grantron Family Support Circle, and uh, uh, look at the post. And you can uh, you can ask questions. Uh, those of you call in, if you're not on Facebook, I prefer that you call in. And I want to um, I want to discuss this now, Coach Kaya. If there's someone on the line already, we can start off with comments or questions before I I put my two cents into it, or I'll give Coach Kaya a chance to put his two cents into it, since he's one of the people that. Uh, I'm concerned that, you know, not enough women are paying enough attention to Coach Kaya. <laughs> I just I just threw you under the bus. How you like that? <laughs> That's why the phone is ringing for non-numbers. I like that. Uh, yeah, I don't mind. Um, I don't want any more attention. I want somebody who's, inter- you know, people are in- need to start becoming more interested in the work. And so that's what I'm doing is... Uh, Obviously, I'm finding out that I'm not telling enough people, so I guess that's why I had a show last night on it, and um, I said, well, let me just extend out a little further, and maybe, um, but you know, sometimes it's tough, man. If you already got 80 people, and Senyata said it's one out of a thousand, you know, you already done hit 80,000 ears or something just to get them 80, so, you know, when you're squeezing that sponge in the Tantra world, I know you want to let it flow. I want it to flow too, but uh, you are right. We would like some of these ladies. If you got eighty students, then where you let where the female graduates at? Well, we got female graduates there. Uh, about half of the classes are more men than women, and the other half are more females than men. But I think all in all, it's about sixty percent female graduates, forty percent male graduates if we look at all of the classes, including Atlanta. Uh, but there are only two females doing projection work at this time, and both of them, you know, have other obligations and stuff. So it's difficult, you know. Um, I I can't answer that question. I'm hoping that someone will answer that question tonight, one of our callers. Well, I guess when they, I guess when they start to see some of the things and some of the ex- expressions on people's faces when they come out of the level three class. Now, do the women have to complete a level three before they can start doing projections, or can they start doing projections after they take a level one? They are, that's part of their homework after level one to do projection work on the men. They're not, I mean, they're just, they haven't really gotten a lot of experience with it, and a great deal of instruction on it, but they have enough instruction to do basic things. And one of the techniques that we teach them is projecting energy into the male prostate, which is one of the first places that you want to heal on the man. Uh, So they're not, you know, they're not tantra masters after level one, no doubt, but there is stuff that they can do. And these ladies coming out of uh, level two will definitely 
be qualified to do, you know, uh, a, a more moderate range of table work. Okay, you twisted my arm. I'll be there. Okay, you twisted my arm. I'm coming. I'll be there. That's all Great. you had to say. That's all you, that's all you had to say. You said some more ladies were going to be coming. The women out of level two, I'm looking for them. So, yeah. All right, I'm ready. This is June This is June the 6th, right? October 6th. October. Wow, I'm talking about June. I see somebody may have a quick question about that, but that's in Baltimore, correct? That's, uh, it's in Baltimore, yes. Well, there, we, we're holding classes in both Newark and in Baltimore. Ah, okay. All right. So if you, you want to take the question, we can take the question first. Well, I just wanted you to, um, okay, well, this person may a uh, ask my question. Uh, caller from the 229-444, your mic is open. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? Uh, peace, Coach. Peace, uh, Master. Yeah, this is uh, Nev calling from down in Georgia. How y'all doing tonight? All right, all right, all right, all right. What's going on, Lord? Uh, nothing much, man. Just trying to live a temperate lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? Ain't <laughs> nothing like it. Ain't nothing like it. That, that's right. That's right. I, I'm, 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 I'm listening in, and I'm, I'm hearing uh, the information. You know, this is stuff that I've heard since I took the class, what Master Y'all is saying. And I know that uh, the class for Atlanta, we actually had uh, more females than we did males since the class. I guess it's not really a question. I'm just giving a little statement. So I, I've, I've tried to use the skills on a couple, couple of my classmates, and in turn, they gave me a little table work. But I'm, I'm, I guess my curiosity is, Where's all the other classes with all the other females that's uh elders would do work? Hmm. Well, that's an excellent question. Um this I I'm hoping some of them will call in and address that because um, when I ask them that, the response I get is that you know, they're busy, they got kids, uh, there's a lot of things going on. But a lot of them indicate indirectly that they're mainly interested in the impact in the bedroom between them and their significant other. And perhaps even though they haven't said it, perhaps they just don't feel comfortable doing it a lot on other men. Uh, now, there are some exceptions to that. Uh, there's about five of them who who have worked on, you know, at least five or six men. And, of course, there's the two, you know, Sarama and Jackie, who, you know, who have done a lot, you know, who have been, been doing work for me whenever I've set it up for them. But, and then there's three other young ladies who, who've been doing it fairly on a fairly consistent basis. But the vast majority pretty much have uh, reserved their talent, if you will, for one significant man or no man. In other words, the answer to your question is, it appears that they are they, they're not really motivated to do it unless there's, 
you know, there's, it's just, the man is a potential sexual partner and they just want to do it with him exclusively. Okay. I, I haven't gotten a good answer to that question, and that's I'm hoping to really address that and get that out tonight. Well, I, I'll keep listening in to see what we can come up with. <laughs> well, what, what, how, what, how, the, um, the group in um, Atlanta, how, how cooperative have the women been in uh, pursuing this and in, in, in moving forward with, you know, working on the men? Would you say that it's equal? They're giving uh, healing as much as they're receiving. Yeah, yeah. I, I you know, I, like I said, we've we've done some exchanges. The last uh, work that I did, I didn't get to receive because I've been battling uh, a little slight cold, so I could hardly breathe when I was trying to get the get the return table work. But you know, I I, I haven't had any problems with. It was just they wanted to get the table work and then they was out kind of thing. So my my All first right. Atlanta appear to be on it as far as trying to uh, reciprocate the love. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that one of the issues would be, you know, that um, the distance thing. We've got people in Baltimore. We've got people in New Jersey, in the Philadelphia area, uh, North Carolina area, Atlanta area. And those are some pretty good distances between. And there's not really a lot of people yet. I don't I don't think we have more than 20 people in any of those cities except Baltimore. So Baltimore is the only place that we've got more than 20 people. So, uh, you know... Um, that that could be some of it. Okay. Well, I'll keep listening in if somebody else on the line, or however that might go. All right. Well, uh, okay. Um, now, the only other thing so is I already asked you in the uh, Facebook group, so you know, I was. I was I guess I was looking at your schedule and it looked like it would be a hard hard buy for uh twenty twelve for level two for Atlanta. Not necessarily. Basically I'm gonna send an email uh on that subject next week. So I'm I'm planning to do level two in Atlanta this fall. And so, you know, for the for for the for the members in Atlanta that are ready to do that, uh what we will what we'll need to do is those people who haven't taken level one will have to do a quick uh, level one class prior to the level two class to catch them up the same weekend. So they'll probably have to do a double class. And then uh, we just need a few more people and we're ready to do level two. So that's the solution to that. But I'm going to be sending an email out. And if anyone who's really interested in level two in Atlanta, hit me up on Facebook or email and uh, that will that will push me. Okay. Uh, we well, have a question. We have a question here from. Uh, go ahead. I was going to say, if you need any uh, assistance anyway, just just let me know. Okay, I will. Thank you. All right. Hi, Neb. Peace. All right, peace. It's awesome, baby.
All right, y'all. The board is clear. Okay. Well, we have some comments on the Facebook page, and one of them uh, is concerning Dr. Abbott. And the answer to the question is, yes, uh, we're going to be doing this procedure at all level two classes where we uh, bring in um, uh, Dr. Abbott and have him chart the people in the class in the beginning and in the end to let them see exactly where their chi is. And I'm looking at the level two and level three classes as research facilities to, to you know, implement some of these advanced technologies. So they're going to be going out and doing some things that uh, really not that many people in the country have, have done it at all. So definitely I'm going to, once we get to level two, I'm going to consider you my guinea pig, and I'm going to have you out here doing some of this stuff that people, aren't, you know, haven't been doing that much. So definitely uh, uh, we're hoping to get level two down in Atlanta this year. All right. <clears throat> um, what was I getting ready to say? Oh, come on, man. Let's get to this manifestation, man. I see the people in the, in the room, too. Uh, they tune in. Jessica's ready. T is ready. They want to hear about the manifestation, man. Come on, I'm ready. All right, here we go. We'll move on into the manifestation. And uh, if anyone has wants to comment about that subject later on, oh, we'll come oh. back to it. Oh, just as, a, just as a prequel, I'll be in Atlanta this weekend doing a meet and greet. And I'm going to be talking about um, staying together versus breaking up. No cop-outs, no drop-outs. Uh, I'm going to be putting some astral harmony in there. And it is RSVP only. We only have about 15 spots. It's going to be in a private home. So if you're interested and you're in the Atlanta area, text me and I'll let you know. It's going to be Sunday just from like 2 to 6. Even if that long, it might not even be that long. It might be from 2 to 5. So get there on time. <laughs> you know how people like to just show up. So uh, you got to get me, but you, but you got to text me or you got to shoot me an email or shoot me a message on Facebook. So I can get you the address. And we already got like five people already. But it's going to be Sunday from 2 to 5. All right. Peace. Excellent, 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 excellent. Um, the, the, uh, the, the, uh, we're, we're blowing up here on the Facebook page. Let's get to this manifestation topic. We've, uh, we've done the background to the uh, conversation in two previous sessions. So we're going to take it a little bit further now. So we do, uh, once we finish with, once you graduate from one of the classes, you become eligible to become part of one of the manifestation groups. And at that point in time, you know, we are hoping that you will find yourself a partner and, and you know, actively involve yourself in a particular manifestation project. Um, when when you're doing the manifestation, uh, we're not doing the full ritual at this point. We're simply uh, doing the basic manifestation platform in the beginning. So let's just back up and review a little bit so that those who are new will not be uh, totally in the dark about the terminology. Law of Attraction basically states that what you think, what you 
what you emotionally feel constitutes the broadcast. And this broadcast determines your future reality. In other words, the thing that you project out into the world determines what the world projects back to you. Uh, there was a uh, this concept of called the secret, which you know was out a few years back, and it got on the Oprah show and whatever. And that talked about the law of the law of attraction. So the law of manifestation is one of the uh, causes that come out of the law of attraction. And the law of attraction is basically saying, you know. For every action, there's an equal but opposite reaction. And at the same time, when you do something or say something or think something, it manifests or magnetizes that same thing back to it. So if you have a car accident this year and you say to yourself, well, okay, I... I, I, I busted myself up, I hurt my leg, I you know, sprained my ankle and uh I had trouble with my insurance and my car's all messed up and my body got, you know, damaged. Immediately after that, if you continuously harbor that thought and continuously focus on that incident, then you begin to attract to you something similar to that. Also, the following year, at almost the exact time, there's something called an echo so that you then begin to try to recreate this same event again. So, let's just, let's just say this again. So, if you, something happens to you and you react to that thing by thinking about it and, and attaching a negative emotion to it, you do two things. You attract more of it to you, and approximately one year from then, you will attract it to you again with less intensity, what we call the echo. So what we find is that adults uh, are the beneficiary or the victim of this echo every year so that everything that you do energetically tends to reflect and come back to you approximately 365 days later, give or take a couple of weeks. So the following year, you would have the tendency to attract something to yourself that would make you feel and experience something similar to that car accident. So you probably won't have a car accident, but there will probably be something else that will come that will, you know. Not only that, but you will find that as you approach that date, you begin to have or you begin to have the tendency to have similar feelings to the feelings that you had right after the accident. If you fell in love one summer at the beach and you were 18, at 19, approximately two or three weeks before that date, 
you will probably start thinking about the beach. If you go back and chart your wedding night, your graduation, the birth of your first child, you will probably see if this was a good event that approximately a year later you have a good week, the week that same week for the next couple of years, simply because of the echo. <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is that the law of manifestation is more than just the law of attraction. First of all, the law of attraction is talking about your thoughts, what you're thinking in your conscious and subconscious mind. That is only part of the law of manifestation. So the law of manifestation is much, much more. First of all, there are five billion other people on the planet. They're thinking and manifesting too, and that does impact on you, although it doesn't impact on you as much as you might think it should. There is something called inertia, and this inertia is another law. And basically what it's saying is, if you've been thinking hate thoughts, if you're a black person and you hate Asian people and you've been hating Asian people for 10 years, there's an inertia that's built up energetically. Then you have something that happens and you stop hating Asian people. There's still going to be a level of manifestation that follows you for a period of time until it wears off based just on the inertia of what you've been doing for the last 10 years. So if you're a woman and you've been sexually frigid for 10 years and you take my class, you will, you know, uh, experience an improvement. But there will still be some inertia of that energy that follows you in terms of manifestation for a period of time, depending on how strong the energy was and how clear your break with it was and how actively you take part in programming your future. So now, to review, we're basically saying that the law of manifestation flows out of the law of attraction. They're not the same thing. The law of attraction is very simple. What you put out there is what you get back. The law of manifestation is not simple at all. First of all, you must have energy attached to the thought. The greater the level of energy attached to the thought, the more, the more quickly and the more completely it manifests. This energy is emotional energy, and this emotional energy comes from the kundalini, the sexual energy. We also see that this energy, once it causes something to happen in your life, when something actually does manifest in your life, if you react to it, then you become the victim. In other words, you tend to repeat this experience year after year after year after year. And so after a while, you set up this matrix or this web 
of a series of experiences every year, which you're continuously repeating year after year. Now, there, there are some other factors in here, the seven-year development cycle being one of them, and there are other people in your life, and if one of them dies, if you get married or if somebody is born, it shifts that matrix, and other things can happen. You know, your job can move and this, that, and the other, and these things can cause this repetitive cycle to be altered. And, of course, this this echo or this repetition is certainly not something that you are bound to. It's only happening because you have not taken control and you are not doing anything yourself to manifest something yourself. So if you are simply going through life and you haven't taken charge of your life, you are basically living the life of the herd. You're basically doing what everyone else does. You're basically reacting to things that have already happened. You are not manifesting what you want to manifest because you didn't put it in motion. You are simply reacting to stuff that other people put into motion. Here is the first law of manifestation. You, Daffy Dorothy, you, Timid Tom, have to set the manifestation in motion. You have to set it in motion. You have to be the originator. So you must understand that if if your counterfeit personality is in prominence, and it is your counterfeit personality that sets the manifestation in motion, the manifestation will have a degree or a, a component that is counterfeit, that does not match what you wanted. I will say this again. The first law of manifestation, these are Yao's laws. But they're not really laws. I'm just saying that. But the first thing that you really need to know about manifestation is you must set the manifestation in motion. It must originate with you. If you are reacting to stuff that happened to you, it's not a true manifestation. And you must be your original self to fully and completely manifest something according to this law. To the extent that your counterfeit personality is in charge and is doing the manifestation, then the manifestation loses some of its power and a portion of the manifestation that results will be counterfeit. Understand that you are subject to the inertia of past negative behavior. In other words, you lived most of your life and you didn't take charge. You weren't trying to manifest. You were just living with the herd. So you set up an, an inertia where you allow yourself to be controlled by others. When you change, you are still subject to that inertia for a period of time that varies. So you're fighting against that inertia when you first begin to manifest yourself. If you do not have uh, uh, energy, this is the second principle. 
you must attach energy to the manifestation in order for it to, to come into manifestation. Thinking about something and projecting that thought into the matrix is not enough. You must attach energy to it. That energy is emotional in nature the way that you feel it. Therefore, if you attach energy of, I don't believe I'm going to get it, I don't believe I deserve it, or the energy that you attach to it is an energy of incomplete happiness, when this thing manifests, it will only give you incomplete happiness. In other words, if you say, I want to manifest a relationship, but at that moment you are not in a relationship, thus you don't have the emotions of a person who is satisfied in a relationship, the relationship that you manifest will give you the basically the same feeling as the feeling you had when you initiated the process. Thus, as I said last week, if you want to be something or do something, you first have to already put yourself in that emotional space. To the extent that your counterfeit personality rules you, you can't do it. You can do it partially, but not completely. To the extent that you are your original self is the extent that you can completely break with the past, completely see yourself in the new positive situation, and completely manifest it. Again, first rule, you must set something in motion. You can't be reacting to stuff that's happening to you. Second thing, you must attach energy to a thought in order for it to manifest. That energy is the kundalini, the sexual energy, and you feel it as an emotion. And if you're feeling an emotion that is not completely happy, completely satisfying, the manifestation that results will mirror the emotions that you felt when you started the process. So if you say, I'm going to manifest a million dollars, and you do not feel rich at the time that you're doing it, you will manifest money, but the money will tend to come in such a way that you do not feel rich. Are you beginning to understand the complexity of this thing? It's very, very simple, and yet again, it's not. The next thing that you have to understand about manifestation is that a lot of people talk about it. It's very, very difficult to do it. Why? Because it requires combinations of energy. For instance, Fire is an elemental energy, but fire that burns is not. It is a combination of fire elemental with another elemental. Let me be clear. In order for you to see fire manifest, the fire elemental has to combine with another elemental, normally air. So in other words, in order for you to burn a piece of wood, you have to raise the temperature rapidly and combine it with oxygenation, oxygen, air, and then the process becomes continuous, self-sustaining and perpetual, and the wood continues to burn. To simply raise the temperature of the wood will not cause it to burn as a fire. 
simply adding the fire elemental to it won't won't cause the wood to burst in the flame. If you have the wood in outer space and there's no oxygen, no air, no other elemental there, you can raise the temperature to a thousand degrees. The wood will not burn. Why am I saying this? What am I what am I getting to? What what is the point that I'm making here? The point that I'm making is that when you are seeking to manifest, it is the complementary action of energies coming together. It's not just one energy. Kundalini is yin chi and yang chi. And then you have to have female kundalini and male kundalini coming together to generate a manifestation. You have to have moon and sun, night and day, hot and cold. It's like electricity. If you've got electricity flowing through two wires and the wires are separate, yes, electricity is flowing. High voltage is flowing in these wires all up over our houses all the time. Nothing's happening. Birds land on the wire, nothing happens. But touch two of them together, it's another story altogether. It'll shock your butt. You'll realize, oh, my God, it'll burn you, toast you, kill you. So it's the same thing. You cannot manifest with male and female separate. You have to combine these two energies. And it is the way that you combine them that determines how successful your manifestation is. So just because you have a powerful male with a lot of energy and charisma and a powerful female with a lot of charisma and energy and you bring the two of them together and they have sex does not mean that that energy is going to power a manifestation. You can have wood. It's a nice big dry piece of wood Prime for burning in the fireplace. If you do not have an adequate supply of air, if you choke it off, if it can't get, if it's all stacked up together tight, and you put a match in the center of it, it will not burn. You have to have an adequate supply of oxygen based on the, the, the wood. They have to they have to balance out because this thing is like that. In other words, it's not how powerful each of them is individually. It's that they come together in the right ratio and in the right format. So when the man and woman is trying to manifest something and they want to put the sexual energy to it, to power it, they must both feel the same way. They both must feel the same way. To the degree that the woman feels sad and the man feels happy, the manifestation is corrupted and obstructed. To the degree that the woman wants wealth and the man just wants to uh, break even, the manifestation is corrupted. To the extent that the, the man is aroused and the woman is mildly aroused, the manifestation is corrupted. Both partners have to be aroused. Both partners have to want abundance and not be closeted in scarcity in order for the sexual energy to power a manifestation. So 
I'll go again. Principle one, to manifest, you must set the manifestation in motion and not be reacting to events that have already happened. To the extent that your manifestation is a reaction to some situation that you're in or something that other people told you to do or something that's motivated outside of you, it will fail. You must be the originator of this whole process. It has to come from something in your original mind. And to the extent that your counterfeit personality is in charge of you, you have trouble carrying it out. Number two, you must attach energy to the thought in order for it to manifest. And this energy is the kundalini, which manifests as, a, as an emotional feeling. You can't attach um, some other kind of energy to it. not going to work. If you just have the thoughts and you project the thoughts and there's no energy there, nothing happens. You must have a complementary situation in the way the male and female partners come together. They must both be aroused. They must both be operating out of abundance and not scarcity. You cannot be thinking when you're doing this, uh, I'll manifest this guy a car, but he's got to manifest me a house first. If you're saying, I'll manifest this woman, I'll manifest with this woman, you know, and I'll share with her, but only, you know, if she tells her sister to give me a job. If you've got conditions on it and, you you know, you're, 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 you're stuck in scarcity mode, eh, it's a problem. There's an inertia you have to overcome. And so... You can't get past that. The only way that you can get past the inertia from the past completely is to break with your character personality completely. To the extent that you break with your character personality and completely embrace your original self is the extent to which you sever all energies from the past completely and begin operating with a clean slate. And since I don't know anyone, including myself, who can do that, um, you, you're going to have to work with the inertia piece. Now, uh, some of the other things that we talk about when we talk about manifestation is what are you trying to manifest? It must be within the laws of nature. If you say, I want to manifest a planet, and that planet's going to rotate between the Earth and Venus. And I'm going to live on that planet, and everyone on that planet is going to be my subject. They're going to be some kind of non-human type of thing that I'm going to think about. Uh, I don't really know exactly what they're going to be, but there's something I saw in an anime cartoon or whatever. Well, this does not fit the law of nature. It does not fit the tree of life. You can't create that. And attempting to create that will just cause you to have a problem. For instance, one man wanted to gain power over people so that his mind would be able to bend other people's minds to his will. And this goes against 
the creation of God that gives each person free will. He was warned by his instructors not to pursue this, but he pursued it anyway. And as a consequence, he became sick, mentally unstable, and almost died because he very adamantly tried to manifest this. And it's just something that you can't do that because you cannot stop people from having the freedom to choose. You can't gain the power to simply, through your own mental power, plant thoughts into other people's heads to such an extent that they completely follow what you want to do and abandon completely what they want to do. It's true that you can subliminally influence people, but to get to the place where you completely and absolutely are able to control other human beings is not something that's ever going to happen. Number five, you must have a means or a vehicle by which your manifestation can come true. Implicit in this statement is that if the manifestation begins to manifest, you will accept it. So, a person who says they don't want a million dollars, but then tries to manifest a million dollars, is having a problem. And this happens all the time. Because if you operate in such a way that you are constantly feeling scarcity and you're operating in your daily life like someone who's always been broke, someone who thinks broke, and someone who thinks scarcity, then it's going to be hard for a million dollars to come to you. There's no vehicle through which it can come because you haven't created anything. If you've got a business... A million dollars can come to you through the business, but if you're thinking scarcity in your business, it's going to be hard for it to come. Why? Because you don't pay your employees a decent salary. You, you're, not, you're, you're, you're always trying to protect your business, and you're constantly being conservative. You won't take any chances. So when the contract tries to come to you, because you're so conservative, because you're not thinking in terms of abundance, the contract is potentially around the corner, you could have easily got it, but it doesn't come. So you manifested the million dollars. The million dollars tried to get to you, and you shut it off. If you say, I want to manifest a man, but you never go out of your house, you never dress up attractively. When men try to get your phone number, you say, no, can't have my number. Get away from me and your girlfriend tried to hook you up with somebody, and you said, no, I don't want to root none of your friends. They, they're going to probably be just like your last boyfriend. So how is the manifestation going to come to you? You must have a pathway for what you're trying to manifest to reach you. If you're acting in such a manner that it's hard for it to reach you, you manifested it, maybe, but you can't actually realize it because it can't get to you because you're in the process of destroying it at the same time that you're manifesting it. I will say this again. Number five, you must have a vehicle 
you must have a vehicle hooked up to manifest. If you if you say I want to get from Washington D.C. to Chicago, Illinois, I'm manifesting that I'm going to stop being in Washington D.C. and I'm going to be at Chicago, Illinois. Well, you're not. They're not. A spaceship isn't going to come down and beam you to Chicago. Don't think so. But something will start to to move and shake and change so that you can start to be transported there. So the next thing that you need to start doing is making yourself available for transportation. You need to pack. You need to get your passport if you're going over city. You need to get what you need to travel. Then, you know, okay, let's say you can't afford a plane ticket, you can't afford the train ticket. You've got to get out there and make yourself available so that if somebody else is going to Chicago, they can give you a ride. You've got to tell people, I'm trying to get to Chicago. You've got to make an effort to get to Chicago. If you've got a car, you've got to get in your car, fill it up with gas, and get on the road and start driving toward Chicago. You need to get a map so you know how to get there. In other words, if you say, I want to go to Chicago, and you never go out and get in your car, you're not going to get to Chicago. If you don't have a car and you say, I want to get to Chicago, I don't have any money, well, you've got to start asking somebody or making it possible so that somebody can give you a ride or somebody can give you a plane ticket or something can happen. Put, a, put an ad on the Internet. And so you will get to Chicago, but only if you allow yourself to have a vehicle through which this manifestation can come true. And number five is probably the reason most people are not successful at manifestation, because they don't have a vehicle via which it can happen. They say, I want a million dollars, I want it to come, I don't know how, and they start playing the lottery. Well, not a very good vehicle. Look at the odds. It's just like the guy, three-year-old, the, the, the six-year-old kid, saying, I want to be a, you know NBA basketball player. The odds are against you. The things that you've got to do to make that happen, that's, that's a tough, tough scenario. Might happen, could happen, but that's a tough scenario. Those are the five major principles for manifestation. They're very simple, each one. The problem, the challenge is in the execution. And therefore, what I'm saying is that don't try this at home. You need to get help. You need to take the class. You need to talk to people who've been successful at it. You need to get together and commune with people who are dealing with conflict, who are dealing with a consciousness of abundance. What is the difference between scarcity and abundance? Here is the difference right here. This country was founded based on a concept of abundance. The founding fathers came together. They didn't like what was going on in Europe. They didn't like the religious whatever. They didn't like all the aristocratic stuff. They didn't like what some of these secret societies were doing, such as, such etc. Opportunities to check down. They said, let's go someplace else. They came to America and they said, look, let's build a country based on the concept of abundance. We want people to have a lot. Life, 
liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Declaration of Independence. Constitution of the United States. After the Civil War, something happened. Now, I'm not going to get into all the gory details, but basically after the Civil War, some stuff happened in this country that I can't talk about on the radio. The men in black might come to get me. But some forces came into being that decided that they did not like the United States being independent and being operated on a concept of abundance. They wanted to bring the United States and its people under the same restrictions that Europe has been under for quite some time and that most of the rest of the world is under. Basically, that is the masses serve the elite. So the forces of the elite, uh, after America successfully won its independence, began a, a long and lengthy campaign to regain control of America. It's the same thing that the Japanese did after World War II. We beat their butts in the war. We dropped the bomb. We beat them. The Japanese said, okay, you, you, you beat me militarily, but I'm not beaten. I'm still going to win. So I'm going to just change the battlefield. I'm going to fight you economically. So I, I don't got no atomic bombs to drop on you, but I got a Toyota. <laughs> <laughs> and I got some other stuff. So what the Japanese did was, they looked at the American economy and said, what are its weaknesses? And they took advantage of those. What is the weakness in the American economy? Let's go back to the Civil War. After the Civil War, this country began to, to move out of a concept of abundance to a concept of scarcity. They began to tax people. Taxes are based on the fact that the less money people have, the more money the government has, the better which is a concept of scarcity. In other words, take stuff away from you. So the government was changed from a government that tried to help people to a government that is, is, is basically uh, geared to taking more and more stuff away from you. And now that tax rate that started at 3% is up to about 70%, basically. So you understand what the whole Boston Tea Party thing was about, but it's a little late for you now. Uh, we begin to do things in this country to control the mind. This began with uh, Coca-Cola, the coca plant, uh, tobacco, alcohol, caffeine. All of these things began to be controlled to a point where uh, forces were put into play to bring all of these industries under an umbrella that was controlled, and it's still controlled. And these substances were, you know, were generally, generously distributed in the public and made cheap and made common so that people would become easily subconsciously impaired. Let's just put it that way. At the same time, around the turn of the century, around 1890, uh, a group of people began to put into motion something to bring about, shall we say, um, scarcity. So they began to make cars to break down. They intentionally, and when DeLorean and DeSoto and these other people tried to make cars that wouldn't break down, they were basically killed and their companies driven out of business. So people sat in boardrooms in the 40s and the 50s and the 60s and said, how can we make these cars so that they only last three years? I think it started out six years, 
then it was five, then it was four, and then they got it down to three years. And basically, every year they said, we got to change the style every year because we've got to keep people buying the cars often. And then we've got to make them feel bad if they keep their cars longer than three years. We've got to attach the cars to Kundalini and sex. So we had two girls driving the cars, and basically, if you've got a car and you've got a new car, you can get a girl and you can get some nookie. If you don't, you can't. So that was a kundalini manifestation connection, and basically a model of scarcity was slowly introduced. Now, I'll tell you how that works. When they were generating and selling A-Track, they already had cassettes. When they were generating and selling cassettes, they already had CDs. When they were generating and selling CDs, they already had DVDs and iPods and all kinds of other stuff. So you have to understand that they generate and sell these technologies with the idea and with the stated purpose that they will be obsolete in three to five years so that you have to keep buying it all over again. Computers are designed to break down in three years. And everything in the marketplace, is designed so that you'll constantly have to repetitively keep repurchasing it so that you never really have it. This is a model of scarcity. Things break down. They're designed to break down. They're designed to get viruses. They're designed to mess up so that you have to constantly keep repurchasing. Therefore, you are, you are in scarcity. You can never accumulate assets. Thus, you cannot manifest because you're constantly living under an echo of a lack of manifestation, which sets up a program in your subconscious saying, I cannot manifest, therefore I do not manifest. I constantly have to deal with obsolescence, things breaking down. I'm constantly trying to replace things that go out of style, cell phones that keep changing, stuff that keeps being changed. And because I'm constantly doing these things, because I have a herd mentality and I'm constantly reacting, remember the exercises I just talked to you about, because you're not the original person doing the manifestation, then someone else is constantly forcing you into a frame of mind, into an energy vortex that basically says implicitly and subconsciously, I cannot manifest because I have not manifested. Therefore, you do not manifest we'll go back again and say that as these people gradually gained power in this country, we got to the place where scarcity became predominantly the, the common mode of thinking versus abundance. That occurred approximately right before World War II. And I can go into all of the dynamics and justify what I'm saying and everything, and I can tell you psychically how it works based on the 400-year star cycle of America and the African-American people. We can, we can get technical like that, and you'll be able to see it astrologically, this, that, and the other. We don't have time to do that at night tonight. you got to take the class, and you're too lazy to do that, some of you. So we're going to have to skip that part. But let me just say this, yeah. that when we got to – yes. Oh, no, go ahead. I was just over here saying that the men in black – just finding your conversation real interesting tonight. I was like, what's he been over there? Has he been hitting them expensive cigars today or something? Exactly. <laughs> so 
when you're looking at this whole piece of abundance versus scarcity, if you stay stuck in the institutions that most people are forced to like cattle in this society, what I mean is kindergartens, the school systems, the colleges, the, the Fortune 1000 corporations as, as employment, the, the retail industry, the fast food industry, the nutrition. Uh, if you are forced to take as a participant in any of these main line industries in this country, then you are being, you have been subjected to the scarcity model. And this scarcity model is real, real interesting because subliminally it continuously is reprogramming you and you are not reprogramming yourself. The education system in this country was a good education system at one time. There has gradually been a pressure on it to corrupt it for a reason, so that education in this country is basically designed to stop you from thinking creatively. I'll say that again. Education in this country, I'm not saying that the teachers are doing it. I'm not saying that the principal is doing it. I'm saying that there's been a constant pressure from certain quarters in society to bring about the situation where the education is not designed to further you. It's designed to put you into a, 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 a subliminal trap where you begin to think a certain way or not think a certain way. Same thing with your health and the foods and all of that. It's designed to incapacitate your kundalini. Same thing with the jobs. They're designed to keep you in a supply and demand scenario where you're constantly in need of supply but have very little ability to demand. Supply and demand is a concept of scarcity. The stock market is a concept of scarcity. So that, you know, if you don't understand really what you're dealing with, you, you cannot really comprehend how easy it is to manifest and yet how many obstructions have been put into your mind to stop you. Therefore, these five principles I've just given you are all that it takes for you to manifest successfully. And yet I myself have not been able to successfully always do it. Because the playing field, the landscape, is like a minefield of non-manifestation. And you start off life as an adult with just a little bit of your DNA activated. Most of it is still dormant. You start off with a counterfeit personality, not your original self. You didn't go through the rites of passage. You don't know nothing about Kundalini. And they've hidden Tantra from you for 2,000 years to the point where people get uncomfortable when I start talking about sex. They're like, he's talking about sex. No, it's a male no. Come up my ears. I can't, I can't hear this. I can't hear this. And it's like you're sitting up there, and I'm looking out, and, and I'm saying, okay, look, I'm trying to tell you guys how you make your sex life better. And everybody's like, why are you doing this to us? What do we do to you? Why are you trying to make our sex life better? That's, that's awful. It's evil. And I'm like, this is, a, this is the result when people live a life of scarcity. So when I talk about manifestation, it's like Tantra. People always, well, teach me Tantra. Teach 
doctor, teach me doctor, teach me doctor, please. And the problem is, I can teach you Tantra, but you can't do it after I teach you until you transform out of a dysfunctional state into a natural original state so that your energy is flowing. Tantra requires energy flow. Most people have shut their energy down. Until you open your energy up, can't do Tantra. Boom. Same thing with manifestation. If you are stuck in a scarcity model, you can't do manifestation. So most women in this society, they are pussy-centric. In other words, pussy has become a commercialized entity just like cars, homes, and stocks. So most (laughs) most women think about their pussy basically subconsciously as if it is money. It is a commodity. And they want their pussy to be as expensive as possible. In other words, the better they think their pussy is, the more they think people should extend and extend and go broke trying to get that pussy. That is the scarcity model. And basically, when large groups of women continuously think that way, what they create is a society that where the economy is poor and where the men are depleted in their ability to be validated and thus to manifest. Most men today think of women as sexual objects. They think of women in a dualistic fashion. They think of women as companions. So they're looking at her like, you know, uh, she would make a good companion. She would make a good mother. I could see myself spending 10, 15 years with her. But when they start looking at women in a sexual, they're looking at her as a means of gratification in the same way that they're looking at money as a means of spending. When you get money, you get a check for your work. You're looking at it as something, as a means to an end, as a way for you to get stuff to gratify you. And that's the same way men have come to look at pussy. They're like, I have to do something to get it. I'm going to go through this process. It's the same kind of transaction of going out and buying a piece of furniture. You've got to do what you've got to do. I've got to clean the floor, put a rug down. I've got to get something to match it, and I've got to go shopping for it. And then, you know, I'm going to bring it home and I'm going to enjoy it. It's the same way that they look at it. So they have this dualistic way that they're looking at women. To some extent, they're looking at her as a companion, as a necessary, you know, family member, somebody that I've got to join forces with to try to create some kind of community kind of thing. And then the other way that they're looking at her is based on the scarcity model. They're saying, pussy is scarce, therefore... I have to do the same thing I have to do if I'm going to buy a car. I've got a budget. <laughs> I've got to go through some kind of shopping routine. Then I've got to haggle and negotiate, and then I'm going to get my pussy. I'm going to enjoy it, and then I've got to limit my liability. i got to insure. I got to have insurance so that the pussy is not too costly. And it's a scarcity model thing. And therefore, when men think like this, they create an environment where the society is poor and the women in the society are disempowered and disenfranchised. 
When we get mad because other people are driving a Mercedes, scarcity model. Why? Because the way you should think is you want everybody to be able to afford a Mercedes. You want abundance. You you don't want to see one buffalo on the plane so that your family can kill a buffalo and eat all winter. You want to see if there's 200 people in your village, you want to see 400 buffalo. So you shoot at 400 and maybe you'll hit 200. And everybody will get a buffalo. Abundance. You want there to be so many buffalo that you don't even want to shoot at most of them because you already got 200. Let the other 900 go. You don't need them. It's abundance. There's, there's buffalo all over the damn place. We got plenty of buffalo rugs. We got plenty of buffalo meat. There's so much, you know, we can't hardly pack it and salt it down and carry it back to the village. So when you see somebody driving a Mercedes, first thing people do is get you know, he must have did something wrong. He must be a drug dealer. He must be one of these business guys cheating the community, you know, in the corporate thing. Well, maybe so, maybe not. But the first thing you should think is, I'm glad he's got abundance. And maybe him and I can come together and I can get some. When women see a cute girl, it happened to me, this happens so often. You see this woman walks in the room, bam, bam. And she has got it going on. She got the hair. She got the eyes flashing. She got the hips swaying, looking mighty good. And the other women who don't have it quite as good, they start hating on it. They don't want to talk to her. They don't want to empower her. They don't want to introduce her to no men. They ostracize her. And the first thing they go through in their mind is, who does she think she is? She thinks she's better than me. The first thing that you should be thinking about is, she is cute, and validate her cuteness, validate her attractiveness, and say to yourself, if I can hang around with her, if she's not stuck up, if she's, I'm seeing her as wanting to hang around with me, I'm seeing her as being my friend, and therefore her vibration becomes my vibration, and I will, be a, I will have the same appeal to men that she does. That's the abundance model. In all things in the abundance model, you, you wish for everybody around you. When I get Tantra, the first thing that I thought about was, how can I teach this to a thousand men? When I first got Tantra, my first thought was not, you wait till I get that heifer in the bed. That was my second thought. <laughs> my first thought was, my first thought was not, I can't wait to get these heifers in the bed and see what this tantra will do. My first thought was, I need to teach this to a thousand men so that they're just as potent as I am. That's the abundance model. The abundance model, you want as many men as possible to be as tantra sufficient as possible. I want the next generation of men to make me look bad. I want 20 years from now they look back on Master Yaw and say, well, you know, he, he, he did the best he could, but, you know, he, he, he wasn't all that. You know, look at, what, look at what John is. Look at what Adrian Look at what, you know, what, what Kai is doing now. You know, they make Master Yaw look like a chump. That's what I want. That's abundance. I want the next generation of men to make me look bad. <laughs> so 
I don't want to be in a neighborhood where I'm the head Tantra guy and I'm the most sexually potent man. That's silliness, stupidity, scarcity. I want every guy on the block to equal me. And if that's the case, that's going to elevate me ten times higher. Because they're going to discover stuff and share it with me. They're going to be getting the women healed, so then there's more women for me to choose from. They're going to be more prosperous, so they won't break into my apartment. They're going to be, why should I break into y'all's house and steal his TV when my woman and me just manifested a big old 54-inch screen job and I got a better TV than y'all? There's no reason for them to come and steal my TV. They got a better TV than me. They'd be like, they'd be worried about, I'm going to change my alarm system so y'all won't come over here and steal mine. I got a question. Yes. What about, because I feel the same way. There's two, I had a comment about inertia, but I'll come back to that. For the brothers who are not showing up, you know, because like you said, the class is already 60, 40, and it's a lot of women who are in relationships whose boyfriend doesn't want to come but they don't want to leave their boyfriend. So it's like, I'm going to come and get some healing, and then I'm going to go back to my boyfriend, and he's going to ask me, you know, what were we doing over there? And then the boyfriend starts hating on the, on, on the man who's going to the class. Why would you start hating on the, on the person who's in the class and you're not going? Well, here's the thing. A lot of guys assume when they hear about me that basically I'm trying to max their woman and and, and, and once their woman tastes a, a taste of Yao, she's not going to be happy with them. And they think Yao is not going to share this with me. And they think that Yao is going to be telling his woman, why are you with that knucklehead? He don't know Tantra. The truth of the matter is that when men get to know me, and they stand up like men and don't be jumping to conclusions and talking a lot of foolishness, when men get to know me and the man and the wife comes into the room, usually you'll see the woman waving and smiling, and the man will come up and hug me, and he's, he's happier to see me than the woman is. Why? Because he's the one that got to enjoy her. I didn't go to bed with her. He got to enjoy her. And he's like, you know what? All of these issues that my woman had, they're gone now. Master Yao, uh, if she wants to take another class, I'll pay for it. So the problem that you get is they just don't know. So most men don't know that much about me. Don't know, know, they don't know anybody that knows me. They don't know anybody to ask. And so they have this perception that's based on the fact that their woman didn't tell them nothing. So what happens, the woman hears about the counter class, she signs up, and she keeps it a secret from her husband. What does does the boyfriend do? The boyfriend finds out, you know, from Joe that Susie's taking the tantra class. And Susie didn't tell him. So he immediately says, well, she's hiding it from me. She didn't tell me about it. Why didn't she tell me about it? There must be something suspicious going on. Then they see a video of me, you know, making women orgasm on the table and stuff, and they're like, this son of a gun, or 
I could use the B word. That's probably what they said, but you know. And so I'm like, you know, I kind of understand partially, but the reality is men don't do that. The man calls you up and says, because my number is easy to get. It's easy to find me on Facebook. I'm not hiding. So the first thing the man should do is confront me like a man and say, my, I'm so-and-so's boyfriend, would you please explain what's going on here and give me a chance to tell him what I'm doing and then keep an open mind to what I'm saying. If men would just do that, if they would act like men, then we wouldn't have this problem. But they act like women. The first thing they do is become emotional. They don't stand up straight. Their hearts are not stable. They're like, they start yelling and screaming, you wait, I'm going to do something to that bitch. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And then they, they run off half cock, and that just makes me real upset because I do not like seeing men, grown men, acting like women, acting vaginally inspired. Wow. You know, just <laughs> like they're vaginal men, you know, and that, that's like it really bothers me when I see that. And I just like, you know, I just want to grab them and choke them. Because I'm out here trying to empower his stupid butt. And he's up here talking bad about me. Right. So, you know, I mean, and it's partly, you know, it's just partly nobody's fault, I guess, because, you know, in this world, I mean, most people don't have integrity. So you can kind of see the man's point in that he don't really know, and most people ain't really trying to do good. And if his wife is really good looking, his thought is, I wouldn't blame this guy, y'all, for wanting to, you know, do my wife because she's a fine-looking woman. So, he's, you know, he's like, hey, he's a man like me. Maybe he's, you know, he thinks like me. I don't know. But we've got to really get past the scarcity thing. You know, it's like, um, I mean, I think that women have to stop keeping this all a big secret. Half the women that go through the class don't want to tell anybody they went through the class. They're afraid of getting criticized. They don't tell their girlfriends they went through the class. It's a big secret. We yeah. are passing fibroids and stuff. They refuse to talk about it. They don't want nobody to know that they ever had fibroids. I'm like, scarcity model. They don't want to say nothing. Women start becoming orgasmic. They have their first vaginal orgasm. They don't, it's a big secret. They don't even tell their boyfriend. It's like, I don't want nobody to know. Scarcity model. And that's, that's why you went for 10 years and didn't have a vaginal orgasm, that kind of attitude. The scarcity model is like, it's, 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 it's not as bad as the counterfeit personality. The counterfeit personality is a 900-pound gorilla beating people down left and right. The counterfeit personality is a boogeyman of a monster that's just running around here, slap, pet slapping people four or five feet at a time. But the scarcity model is like a 500-pound orangutan. It's ugly. And he's just snatching people's purses, taking the food out of their mouths, taking the clothes off their back, and he's just marching them, kicking them forward, like making them do what he wants them to do because they're stuck in it. The scarcity model is a beast. And the whole point of it is, the sad thing is, it's completely unnecessary. 
you got you got to give it power for it to have any power. If you decide that's not how you're going to roll, it has no power to command you. The minute you decide that's not me, that's not how I'm going to roll, that's not the way I'm going to be with this, the minute things change to you, the minute you regain your ability to manifest. I will repeat these five principles, then I'm going to turn this back over to you for questions, Kaya. We ought to have somebody up on the uh, lines, uh, you know, asking some questions, I would think. So, number one, you must set a manifestation in motion. You cannot be responding to, you cannot be reacting to something that's happened to you. It can't be a result of the echo. It can't be the result of, you know, an emotional reaction to something that you don't like. You must set it in motion. And the more original you are, the more you are your original self, the more successful it will be. To the extent that you are your counterfeit self, your manifestation will be tainted. Number two, you must attach energy to the source. Number three, it's, it's a result of complementary energies coming together. Both partners have to be aroused to attach the kundalini to the thought. Number four, you have to be careful of the inertia. If you spent your life, you know, dogging people, saying bad things, thinking negative thoughts, it's going to take a little bit. You've got to overcome that before the positive energy is strong enough to, 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 to move it. Number five, you have to have a vehicle through which the manifestation can come. If you're saying you want a relationship and then you're doing everything possible so that nothing can come to you, well, you know, it's, you manifested it and destroyed it all in the same breath. Now, there's a lot more to this, of course. I'm giving you the surface stuff. It's better than most people got, but it's just surface. You know, if you want to get more deep than this, you got to take the class. And so, you know, do we have uh, do we have people with their hands up, comments, whatever? I'm looking at the Facebook page here, and uh, we do have some stuff there. So, Kyrie, it's back over to you. Um, the call-in number tonight is 347-205-9089. Three four seven two zero five nine zero eight nine. If you got a comment, question, uh, observation, anything that you would like to uh, ask or get off your chest, here's the opportunity. Here's the opportunity. But I, I'm going first. So let's see some hands. Just press one. Please turn your speakers down. Um, so I can see you in the queue. Um, yeah, my thing. I wanted to. I'm. I'm glad that you got to this point because I want to talk about number three, inertia. And and I want to talk about women and being in your there's a left brain, there's a right brain, and then there's a fog brain, y'all. <laughs> you had to go in, I had to go in some too. The fog brain is when you ain't in either hemisphere and you have been doing this counterfeit personality double dutch rope with your partner 
for 10 plus years. Let's just say five plus years, but that goes into 10, 12, 13 years. Both of y'all been doing the counterfeit personality, and the woman breaks free first. I see this all the time. And she says, oh, honey, I found the solution. Let's let's do it like this. He says, oh, this must mean I'm going to get more coochie myself. So I'm not really ready, but I'm the counterfeit personality. So I'm going to say something counterfeit. And sure, honey, I'll go along with you. Now, she's, she's been studying. She's done read all the books. She's done come to a level one, level two class. She's just, you know, the loving at the house. He's just as happy as a lark. And then one day, he just flashes out. I can't believe you're betraying me. You're going to leave me for him. You know, the whole scarcity counterfeit personality comes up, the anal, the, um, the psychopath, all of them show up at the same time. And then she says, this is when they get in the fog brain. Well, he said he wanted this. If I hear one more woman say that, and she actually believes that her man could stop 10 years of jealousy, 10 years of scarcity, 10 years of all the other anxieties that he had. How in the world do you think he was going to stop the inertia? Hadn't read a damn book, ain't been to a, no class, but just agreed that he was going to be with it. And then all of a sudden, you think that he is on the same page as you. What kind of uh what kind of thinking is that, man, with the inertia? Cuz it's impossible. It's like I said, it's all in the execution. Um you know, you know, manifestation can be frustrating. I'm just going to be real, real talk. I'm not going to I'm not going to stand here and say, well, you know, I just do whatever I want, and, you know, regardless of what the circumstances are. I mean, when, you, when you're in the thick of life and, and, and these obstructions come at you, it can, it can cripple you mentally, and you have to take time to regroup, gather yourself. I mean, some weeks I'm so busy with stuff, just trying to do everything that, has to, that I think has to be done during the week, that I don't consciously focus on these types of things. And then I look up and I say, dang it, <coughs> excuse me, you know, I'm working against myself. I'm, I'm into a negative pattern here. And <coughs> two or three times a week I, I'm stopping, man, and regrouping and like, okay, and call the guy back and say, okay, look, I'm sorry I said that, and, you know, and, and try to change my thinking and stuff because I got sucked into the negative current. So I, I'm not saying that, you know, you can that, that I just go through life doing all the right stuff. That's not the case. Uh, the, 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 the principles are simple. Execution is a mother. <laughs> and that's why we need to be surrounded by people who think like us. That's why you need to take the class. That's why you need to financially support the people doing this stuff. That's why you need to become part of a group, a circle of people supporting you financially, mentally, spiritually. So uh, this becomes a lot easier when we're surrounded by people who have some concept of it. You know, I'm very, very lucky that 
that there are four or five people in my life who, you know, were trying to live like this. And they've been just a tremendous, tremendous help to me. Uh, you know, you know, I, I don't think they want me to call their names out over the air, but, you know, it's just been a really, really good thing for me to have a few people that I can just say, you know, I know they're treating me this way because they're trying to be their original self. They're not trying. They're on that path. They are manifesting it. It's, it's, it's an evidence. So, um, yeah, it's tough. So your man, the woman gets free first, and then the man doesn't want to come right away. Well, okay, he's been this place for 15 years. Give him a few months to change. You know, we got to talk about this stuff. We gotta we gotta shout it. You know, we gotta shout it. We gotta say, "Beg." You know, this is important. Let's do this. You gotta keep talking about it. And people but, are gonna shout you, try to shout you down in the beginning. Wait, you yeah, gotta wait. keep shouting. No, no, no. This is the part I'm talking about. Is she believed him in the first place? I'm not talking about the. I'm, I ain't talking about the brother who's hesitant. I'm not talking about that brother. I'm not talking about the hell no brother. There's a hell no brother who the woman says, there's no way in the world I can tell him I'm doing this. But I'm talking about the brother who said, oh, yeah, 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 I'll try it, you know, soon, or I'll take the next class, or you go ahead, or I'll support you. Or when you get home, he's asking all these questions. And then you know that he's in the counterfeit. You sat in a four-hour class and found out what your counterfeit personality was, in a room full of people who just admitted that they were had a counterfeit personality, found out how to detect it, and went home to to lay beside one, and you believe what he said. That's the fog brain I'm talking about. How, why, how, how could you believe that? And this is one of the things that interrupts your manifestations. If you're not honest with yourself, you can't walk through this gateway holding hands. Your partner's got to do the work and walk through the gateway himself or herself, too. You're not going to be able to do enough work for two people and just drag him through real nice and calm-like. And to me, that deception on the part of the female, um, because she's a secret agent tantra worker, you know what I'm saying? It's still She still has the shame factor. Um, is one of the number one stoppers of manifestations. Because the... the the manifestation, are y'all not having the same energy? And then you being an energy vampire, just like you used to accuse that person of. That's my two cents on the fog brain today. <laughs> I don't have sound effects over here, but if I did, I'd give you one. So I'm just going to clap. I hope the people can hear that. This is a dream come true. <laughs> So, so, oh, so the left brain, the right brain, and the fog brain. <laughs> I got some hands raised. Hold, I, I on. Hold, hold on, y'all. Yeah, we got a few people on here said that they got their hand raised. So let's go ahead and get some questions. Caller from the 607-589. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? Your mic is wide open. Yes, sir. This is Jason up in the woods, Master Yow. <laughs> Hey, Coach K. Oh, he's got that drum roll thing. 
You know what? Oh, man. <laughs> I know he's killing it with these sound effects. I, w- I was just listening to download from one from last month when he first found that drum roll. I was just listening to that this <laughs> afternoon, man. Because <laughs> he, he had to do the voice version first because you caught him off guard. He's like, oh, damn, I'll do... I'll do the vocal one like like the guy on uh, those old police academy movies that would make all the noises. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> How are you guys doing tonight? It's, it's a great show, great show. And, um, you know, it's, when you ask for a question, and, and I tuned in late maybe about 20 minutes ago, but, you know, and, and hearing you talk about abundance, and and I know for myself in the last – you know, the last week in particular, just things have been ridiculous with with different mm-hmm. forms of abundance coming in. Yesterday, in particular, I had I had you know I, I hit a little low point for a while. I was kind of pissed off about something, you know, not grounded and centered. When I when I shifted that energy around and and did the alchemy on it, man, stuff just like one thing after another. I want a T-shirt on Facebook, and then it just grew exponentially after that, and it's like. Boom, all this stuff landed in my lap as soon as I shifted that energy. So my question was, you know, I I think it would be great for the audience to hear if if they want to say tonight, you know, I'm tired of this scarcity model thinking I've been in. I want I want to think more abundantly. What what would you suggest to people as being like a great exercises to shift your consciousness, your thinking away from the scarcity model and into absolute abundance first thing is to recognize that you're there and admit it find your friend and become abundance coaching for each other so once a week you have a conversation about abundance and scarcity talk about it and set a goal set one thing that you want to do a month as a project and say one thing You must believe it's doable. It should be a challenge. It shouldn't be too easy. And simply believe that is going to happen. Period. Begin to feel like you would feel if it had already happened. That's it. It's just that simple. Now, doing it can be a challenge. You can get distracted. Other people are doubting promises, but just do that. Now, when you become successful at that, then find a sexual partner. And the sexual partner, there was a joke on one of these comedy shows where the guy said, uh, you know, Michelle Obama is a hero. He said, just imagine you're married to a man who dreams of becoming president. What kind of, you know, what kind of like, even a sane woman would have said, you crazy. But Michelle Obama apparently must have did something. She must have said something. And one night, she must have made love to him so good and, and validated him so strong that the next morning he woke up and said, I'm going to run for president, damn it. And he believed it. And so she came back and said something But I don't know what she said, but she must have said something like, I believe you can do it too. Imagine that. Mm. Imagine if you woke up the next morning 
and the woman you were sleeping with told you, yes, I believe you could be president. I really do believe that. And was willing to put money, effort, and time into your dream. So the second thing, after you you got your partner and you guys have been manifesting once a month, the next thing is you find a sexual partner and believe in each other and hold these abundance visions in your mind when you're making love. And when you wake up the next morning, confirm it. Confirm each other. I mean, there is nothing, there is nothing more empowering than you wake up with the man and he looks over and says, you're even beautiful in the morning. And he says, I really like the idea you had last night. And he says, you know, no matter what happens at work today, I feel like you're going to be, this project is going to work. And he says it with sincerity and belief because he believes in your manifestation ability. And he tells you, you know, last night when I was making love to you, I saw you X, Y, and Z. Bam. You talk about shifting that joint? I think you're going to shift it. Did I answer the question? Are you still are you on mute? Yeah, I hit myself on mute. That 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 was right on the money, you know, because it, it, it was my interaction with my wife that that really helped me to to shift out of that position and and you know we um, cuz she she was on her way out of town so um, we were just talking on the phone and and that was enough that the, we had an amazing um, dynamic energetic conversation in like 20 minutes a half hour that um, it just got popping after that <laughs> yeah yeah so Definitely um, excited to see that all this energy is generated around your work, Master Yao, and that all these classes left and right are popping off. We know when 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 the smoke clears and the dust settles that, um, and maybe you get a a couple of hot little sexy assistants, uh, we can get these online classes going too. So folks, you know, that they, they can't make live events, start plugging in to the Grand Trine program too. It's going to be a beautiful thing. There's a there's a couple of cuties on the case, believe me, and uh, they are working diligently, uh, one in particular, to make this happen. And, um, you know, at some point in time, she may allow herself to be introduced, um, although I doubt it. <laughs> but but uh, the, the broadcast center is taking shape. I'm sitting in the room right now looking at, uh, anyone who's been to my house who hasn't been here in the last month, if they came here now, they won't recognize it. Come on, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going uh, to be up there next week now. Don't be bluffing. Uh, <laughs> you should know I do not bluff. <laughs> I'm quite serious. The broadcast center is taking shape, and it's just a matter of, you know, that's some stuff that I can't talk about on the air, but once the contract is signed, I'm hoping to test that puppy in the next few weeks. Uh, you know, we've got some stuff that's, we've got some challenges on the website, but uh, we've just got two or three hurdles to overcome, and the Internet class is, 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 is going to be live and popping. Um, and I'm telling you, if you see, if you see, 
the curriculum outline for this joint, it's the it's monstrous. It's it's bestial. It's a it's a steamroller. I I mean, it's, it, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna hit stuff in the in the internet class. We're gonna take more time with stuff than we do even in the hands-on classes because we you know we're gonna take all year. So we're going to hit it every week instead of you just coming together once or twice a year. We're going to hit it every week. So we got all year to go from level one to level three. Believe me, we're going to hit stuff that uh, people, you know, weren't expecting to hit. So the, the online class is going to be like, damn. Um, I want to give Jason a, um, a reply to um, something I've been using from my uh, Law of Attraction Mastermind Group. Um, big shouts out to lawofattractionmommy.com. Y'all check out Melissa Watts. She is the secret weapon behind Kair's success. I got a couple aces up my sleeve. I never play fair. Uh, I stack the deck. Um, so don't even... Ex so you say, well, that's another secret weapon? Absolutely. Everybody should have seven or eight secret weapons. You shouldn't get, get be like the American government. They got all kinds of secret weapons. But in the group, we talked about um, one thing, y'all, we talk about fashion a partner who you can talk to once a week about the um, about your prosperity. We call those money honey bunnies. Get you a money honey bunny. And that code name is almost like Pavlov's dog. When you hear that name come up, you're saying, this is someone who encourages me that my services are worth far more than I'm that, that, that I'm charging. Somebody sees my worth more than me. I say, I'm charging 20 bucks an hour. They said, I need to be charging 100 bucks an hour. I said, nobody will come. They said, sure, everybody will want to come. When you have, when, That's a money honey bunny. <clears throat> and get a good-looking money honey bunny. Don't get nobody crazy looking or beat down. Get you somebody fine and you say, look, I ain't trying to talk to you or stalk you. I just want you to tell me that I'm valuable and I'll tell you that you're valuable. You got so many fine women out here who got men never telling them that they're valuable, always downplaying their ideals because they're going after that kitty cat, like we talked about earlier, that they would love to be in a um, non-romantic abundance relationship with you just talking for uh, once a week for five or ten minutes on the telephone. I'm sure they would. And then the other exercise, well, that's a money, honey, bunny exercise where you start to grab this person and describe and write down what they look like. You know, mine's got legs like Venus Williams. She's got a face like Lynn Whitfield. She's got power like Michelle Obama. She's got money like uh, Melinda Gates. That's what my money, honey, bunny looks like. You know, and um, she's got a voice like, uh, I don't know, sometimes I switch it up between Salt and Pepper and Mahalia Jackson, you know, I, so I, but I'm making my own Money Honey Bunny, and then I take my Money Honey Bunny and we play a game together called Let's Spend a Billion Dollars. Let's spend a billion dollars. If you want somebody to shatter their scarcity model, this is one of the drills that I do with my clients in the diamond, uh, the diamond platinum Olympic package. I make my, I make them spend a billion dollars, but we start at one hundred. So I'm gonna, 
So yeah, I'm going to use you and Jason real quick. And if you spend if you spend the money, you get to add a zero to it. So if you spend a hundred, I'm going to give you a thousand. If you spend a thousand, I'm going to give you ten thousand. And you must spend it in five increments. So with a hundred dollars, you got to spend five increments of twenty. So just think for a second, y'all. Five things you're going to spend twenty dollars on, Jason. Think of five things you're going to spend twenty dollars on. This is real easy. Okay, y'all, give me two things you're going to spend twenty bucks on. Pants, shirts. All right, Jason, give me three things you're going to spend pan, uh, um, uh, twenty dollars on. Uh, some sustainably harvested sushi and uh, a box of rounds for upcoming deer season. And the third one would be um, some diesel in my truck. And y'all, give me your other two. Yeah, for the car. Okay. uh, And hardware for the house. Okay. And Jason, give me two more. Two more at 20? Yep. Um, Another one of Master Yao's books. Um, though I don't know if he's got any ones now as cheap as 20 bucks, so I might, you know, may, but I found it online used, so, gotcha. um, condition, and then, um, I'll get me, uh, six cartons of hemp milk, my favorite drink. Gotcha. Now, see, this is the sad part. Most people, they're comfortable spending $100 like that, because that's their normal routine. Now let's shift up let's shift up to a thousand dollars. Yao, spend I, I need you to spend six hundred dollars, Yao, in three purchases. Go. I need to spend a thousand in each purchase? I need you to spend six hundred dollars, two hundred dollars in each purchase. Spend it three times. Oh, that's real easy. A couch, carpet, and uh a accessory for the car. Good, good, good. Jason, spend six hundred dollars. Uh, a new wool winter jacket, um, a nice set of shirt and pants, uh, real nice, like some, some silky linen combo, um, silk hemp linen combo, real fly, uh, and a um, a butcher block for the kitchen. For $200? Okay. Yeah, why? Okay. You, no, no, no. You get them for more? No, no, no! It's your money. Okay, yeah, I'll spend the other, uh, spend the other four hundred. I would get the uh, liquor for the liquor cabinet, and uh, <laughs> don't be laughing. And the other one, I would get gourmet takeout meal delivered to someone special for Sunday morning brunch. Ooh, nice move, Jason. Your last four hundred. Mm. I give that as a present to my mom and dad so they can have a little romantic getaway vacation weekend. All right. Now let's go to now so you spend a thousand, I'm gonna give you ten thousand. This is where people start saying, wait a minute, you want me to spend all of this money? So for you guys it's so easy. We're gonna spit we're gonna skip past ten thousand and we're gonna move to a hundred thousand. Now I want you to spend five purchases of twenty thousand dollars. Jason, you go first. Give me three of them. You're spending twenty thousand dollars here. All right. Um, boom! I've got a new. Uh, well, 
for 20 G's, it'll probably be used, but it'll be it'll be a Volkswagen uh, diesel Touareg four-wheel drive SUV, real nice condition though. Um, another 20, I would drop on the biggest, baddest uh, six-wheeler, also with the diesel engine, with the, with the six-seater and and the dump pickup bed in the back it's like a gigantic atv you may have seen you you live out in the country carrier you know the kind i'm talking about that's nice that's nice the, the, the two row seater and the dump bed those those are like 20 g's for the diesels and i spend another 20 man on on the biggest and baddest greenhouse uh setup yes yes okay y'all spend 60 grand uh, the first 20 in stocks, uh, the <laughs> second 20 would be at a marketing uh, platform for my second book, and the third 20 would be uh, uh, the best orthodontic teeth scenario for my teeth. Uh, nice, nice, nice. Okay, Jason, last 40. Hmm. I had a good one a minute ago, and I, I it, it drifted off. Um, last forty, but in in two sets of twenty, right? Exactly. And when you spend this, I'm gonna give you a million. Okay. Well let, well, let me not be all Homer Simpson about it, like we were talking about it, Homer Simpson and the genie the other day, <laughs> and ru- rush in on my things because I just take a moment, so I'm I'm good and ready for that next million that's coming. Um. I spend 20 on the best uh, portable sawmill on a trailer. It's got the hydraulic lift. You don't even have to get the logs up on it. It, it picks them up for you. It's wow. computer controlled, and and I'm basically I'm I'm making my own lumber at that point. Um, I drop another 20 on on the rest of this stuff, like like a, a full planer. And um, some handling equipment, maybe you know, skitter for the tractor type stuff. So yeah, that's forty right there. And y'all, your last forty. Uh, clothes, uh, tailor-made outfits uh, for the first twenty, second twenty car service to drive me around every place in luxury. Mm. Mm. Nice. Now see this drill. How do both of you feel right now? Do you both feel like money's a problem? I just gave you a million dollars. You just spent well over a hundred thousand easily, and you got to go spend another million. How does your mind feel right now? Either one of you. I I I want to see my teeth fixed, and I want to see some of the clothes because I I think I'm a good clothing designer. I think I could get a line at Macy's. Right, 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 right. Don't be right. saying right, right. I'm serious. I do. I believe that. I could get a lot of clothing. I could, I think that if people saw it, they would say, hey, I want to look like y'all. Oh, no, what I'm saying is you're attached. Like you said earlier, you're attached to an ideal, and that's the first step in the manifestation. You have to be attached to it. You know what I'm saying? You're attached, okay. to, the, <laughs> you're attached to the idea. Okay. And, Jason, uh, how you feeling? Man, I feel giddy like a kid in the candy store because I'm I'm just been visualizing it the whole time we've been talking about it. Like, yep, yep, check that off the list. Wanted that, wanted that. Okay, here we go. This is fun. And see, I take this all the way up to ten million, and people have to spend two five two million dollar purchases. Then I give them a hundred million, and they have to spend twenty 
million dollars in five purchases. Then you got a billion dollars broken down into two hundred million dollars, and that really, really, really makes a person start to start struggling and looking at what level of value did they have. And my thing is, can you push it to a billion? You can't be a billionaire if you're not ready to spend a billion dollars because you're never going to save your way to a million bucks. So you damn sure ain't going to save your way to a billion dollars. So people have that wrong mentality about how uh, we look at money. And um, But the exercise was just that easy. And that's the people who have money, they look at spending it just the way Yao and Jason did right now with that same carefree attitude. They said they don't use spin like Jason. Oh, I'll just drop 20 over here. I'll just drop 20 over there. I'll just drop 20 over. Last night when I did it, I spent 20000 on land. I bought a new t- truck for twenty grand. I bought a, a new wardrobe. I flew over to uh, China and dropped twenty grand on a new wardrobe, y'all, because I knew y'all was going to get fresh. And then I went down and gave my little nephew 20000 for a college fund. He'll be six for a birthday present. And then I put twenty grand in my Forex account. See, when you start visualizing these things and talking about it and writing it down, those are exercises that I would give, Jason, to people you know, in order to try to get them out of the scarcity model and to switch them immediately to abundance. And hopefully one night we may be do, uh, to do this on a uh, gathering call for CN365 maybe. Yeah, that's an excellent idea. I love that. Great tools, man. All right, Jay. How we do? Okay. No, I was going to tell Jay I appreciate it. I got another caller on the line, though. Sounds good. Appreciate the time, Master Yao. Keep keep it up. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Hey. All right, Jay, peace. Caller from the 917-917-528. The microphone is open. Can you turn your speakers down, please? Hi. Hi. Hi, Master Yao. Hi, Coach K. It's Chivatel. Um, when I raised my hand, I had a, um, a statement from my own experience regarding the woman who's ready to try the new mindset and the partner who says that they're down with it, but then they don't go for themselves. Um, like... Kaya, what you talked about was like the foggy, the fog brain, right? Right. When a female or a male, let it be any one of the people in a relationship, step forward to actually go to the classes, like what I understand is that in four hours, say a class is four hours long, they are beginning to learn how to work on themselves. But when they go home, their mate's counterfeit personality reinforces the same garbage that you just got rid of. So it's like going to a bathhouse and coming home to a dirty home. So in order for someone to really make progress, they both have to go to it together. Like, I think that that should just be a hand-down, like, this is what I'm doing, and... If you're not with it, what you're risking is losing me because I'm going to go clean my up. Thank you. Thank you. 
Yao, we got a live one on the on the line. Well, my comment to that is this. Uh huh. You know, it, it took me many, many, many years before I embraced Tantra. Hold on, y'all. Uh, uh, Chi, you got your speaker turned up, or you got us on on uh, on speakerphone, so it's a lot of feedback. Okay, I just took you all off of speakerphone. All right, thank you. That's better. Yeah, my comment to that is this: it took me quite a number of years to uh, to embrace tantra, and some of the ladies that I was dealing with along the way didn't embrace it in the same month that I did. Um, you know, two or three years later, I would get a call and, and somebody that I thought maybe, you know, really hadn't gotten the point had, had, had come around. And so um, a lot of times, you know, the people that I I, put, I planted a seed with, the seed didn't grow for three or four years, but it grew. So I'm I'm always trying to leave a seed. If you if you have to leave somebody because they're not ready to make the move with you, I would suggest that you not burn the bridge, but you put them on temporary hiatus with the idea that maybe you might come back one day. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> I, I think that the... Um like, that's really fair because naturally through your relationships, you don't want to just cut someone off. But if you go to a workshop and the first thing you learn that first day is about the counterfeit personalities, which I'm looking forward to attending myself, right? And you come back, and the least you can do is explain the basics of what you've learned and address the possibility that their unwillingness to move forward with you can cause a break in the relationship that they're living in now, then you have not learned anything from even the first day. My so now you set it good. up for your partner to think that it's all good. You're my partner, you're going to get all this great stuff and we're going to benefit. But the two can to benefit together. My comment to that is this. I try to maintain a profile of history in my relationships with people, platonic or otherwise, that say that the things that I do have value. So I want to establish a history and a track record that everything that I've done for the last three years in this relationship has had value and contributed to the relationship. Therefore, when I come home and say I've got a new stock I want to invest in, I'm going to put 2000 and I want 2000 of your money, she will do it because the other things that I did were correct and had good intention. Therefore, if you go to the Tantra class and you come home and you have a history of validating him and being in his corner and having his back, he will more than likely follow you and do what you say or at least give it a chance. The other thing is that I do not try to convince women to do stuff. I almost never do. I simply put out the energy that they will and let the energy carry them. And they will either align with the energy or repel against the energy. And even if they repel against the energy and don't follow suit, 
which does happen, I find that if I was correct, they tend to align with the energy at a later date. That's why I made the statement earlier. You might have to put some distance between him and you so that you can continue to move forward. But don't be surprised as if he comes knocking on your door four months later saying, look, I maybe was a little hasty in what I said back then. Can you give a brother a second chance? I see value in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. That's my comment on that. I'll put a sign on that. That's the yeah. I've experienced it, and that's very true. This is a dream come true. <laughs> so I want to say this to you. You have power over men to influence them. And if you have used that power for good, if you're a positive superhero, in all these comic books, you've got the good superheroes and you've got the evil superheroes. So we got to ask, which one is you as a woman? So you're in a comic book story. So your man, if he sees you as being the Wicked Witch of the East, <laughs> and you've been, you know, you've been doing all the negative superwoman stuff, and you've been using your superpowers for evil, then when you come home and say, I'm getting ready to do a tantra piece that's going to allow me to take my hands and cause you to cause a man to orgasm from 10 feet away, he's going to get scared because he's going to say, this heifer's done some evil stuff. Now that she's got the tantra power, she's going to be doing some more, even more evil stuff. But if this man says, in the last two years, this woman has made a difference in my life, she's validated me, she has been a queen to me, and you come home and say, I have new superpower, then he's going to feel confident and assured and say, the universe is safe. My goddess has even more power now. She's going to protect the realm, and I'm going to be all right. You have power, and I'm saying this to you and every other woman listening, to influence your man based on your history. And so, Kaye, do you agree? If you've been doing bad and you've got bad intentions, then yeah, the man's going to be suspicious. Do you, what do you think about that, Kyrie? It goes back to the inertia. If you've been doing shit to make him anxiety-ridden over the last five, ten years, and then all of a sudden you go and be a secret agent and then come back and you talk about, I'm going to have all this power, of course he's, that's his inertia. He doesn't trust he doesn't trust that. All he trusts is your inertia. He knows in the past that you haven't uh, made changes like this. He's, he knows it's always been the same. So yeah, you got to give him some time. But I'm not still. But I, but I'm saying the way to address it is stop stop being a secret agent though. Not you per se, but just you know women who are listening. They know who they, they know who they are if they're a secret agent. Like you got to cut that out. But I wanted to ask y'all. How do you nurture the other person, though? They're, like, all scared and shit, and now they done started an argument at the house, and they're raising their voice and yelling at you and think you cheating on them. Now they done come at you. They didn't stand up like a man. They reacted emotionally. What does the male do or what does the partner do to to nurture the partner who's, you know, having this emotional reaction, whether it's a male or a female? Well, well Jessica Hallager has answered the question for us on Facebook. She said... What about the higher vibration? If I bring the higher vibration back into the home, won't that impact on things? 
And the answer is that Jessica Hauser is exactly right. She she took the class and she was actually paying attention during it. <laughs> I take back everything I said about her. But all jokes aside, she's absolutely on point in that, you know, the vibration is what counts. If you come back and, and people can feel your authenticity, if you bring a higher vibration back and people, your mate, can feel that, they might yell and, and they will. They, they will rebel at first because that's just human nature. You know, you're just not used to it. You're afraid. You're insecure. You know, you're like, dang, my mate looks so good. Men are so attracted to her. And, you know, God darn it, every time she goes to the office, she's looking delicious. And I'm just like, I can't believe she's still with me, you know. But if you've got that higher vibration and you've been, you've been true, that vibration eventually is going to win the day. That's what I believe. Thank you, Jessica. Okay, well, that's from the people who came to the class. What about the ones who didn't come to the class? They they haven't got higher vibe. They haven't got to Jessica's level. They they're beginning tantra and they want to quit. What are you telling them? They gotta they gotta either go to Coach Kyer or come to Yal Morris or and get something more than what they got. Get some tools. I mean, mm. you're going to college for four years and spending ninety thousand dollars to flip burgers at McDonald's, then come to the Dern class and learn something so you can deal with these situations. Wow. I'm only charging them six hundred dollars during it. <laughs> okay, I got I got a sparking basement stuff. I got a I right, and they're paying five thousand in Cali. Trust me, they're paying five thousand for this yeah. type of stuff. Andrew Barnes charges them fourteen thousand dollars. He's teaching one quarter of what I'm teaching. No brag, $14,000. You got to pay it almost all up front, you know. So, you know, give me a break. I'm charging you 600 Right. Um, okay, so my other question is, what about the guy, he sneaks into her computer, he sees the video of y'all making a woman orgasm, and he can't make an orgasm, and the woman comes in and she gets a table session, and she doesn't orgasm. She's got layers and layers and layers and layers of stuff, and her body's fighting, and she's been on the table 45 minutes, and she hasn't. She, she'd rather try to trance out, but she has not orgasm. And so she gets off the table, not having an orgasm, but feeling a little better, and goes back home. What is this? How does she explain to the guy? Because, you know, I didn't even have an orgasm. Because some people think every time you get on the table, this woman's going to have an orgasm. That this this scenario you're bringing up just happened like two weeks ago. Uh, the woman came to get table work done. She got the table work done. She did not feel that much in terms of sexual arousal. She did feel a lot in terms of spiritual stuff going on. She felt a lot of, actually she felt angry, and she felt a lot of stuff going on in her stomach and in other parts of her. She, she felt disoriented and everything like that. So what happened to her was, you know, she didn't, you know, she did have a little issue as she was, uh, you know, talking to this man, and she kind of kind of pushed him off a little bit because she was a little bit angry. So this does happen. 
she did not ask me, you know, what she should do. Her girlfriend basically came back and said that, you know, in the final analysis, it all worked out good because she found out that she was purging something from her and that that she needed to purge it and it made her feel better. Now, here's the thing. So there was some dissension between her and, and the guy that she was talking with. But once she changed and shifted, she then called him back and that was a makeup. Now, she has not come back for another table session yet, but if she does, by the second or third or fourth session, whatever, or if she did the, the work in the class or whatever, she would have an arousal reaction. Eventually, she would get there. So if she goes back home and she, you know, what should she say? She should say the truth, but, you know, you, you have to understand that these things don't happen overnight. You spent 20 years amassing your counterfeit personality structure. You can't expect that every time I do table work that you're going to have a major event that does sometimes occur. So, I mean, uh, yes, uh, that these problems do come up. And I would say to her to tell the truth, but keep, keep your mind open and keep hopeful. In other words, think abundance, even if it hasn't completely occurred yet. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. She, do you have any more comments or questions? Because I definitely enjoy you on the air tonight. Oh, um, I just wanted to say that it was funny that you guys played that game of spending the money because I've already spent $2 million. So when you cannot swing that billion over here, I'm ready to spend it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. Don't worry. I'm going to play the game when I get to Baltimore. Believe that. I need everybody around me in an abundant attitude. And if you want to play the game, set up an appointment with Coach Kair, and let's go through some of these blockages, 336-587-1215. Appreciate it. All right, Chief. Thank you, baby. Yeah. Yeah. This is a dream come true. It's awesome, baby! Yeah! That's right, y'all. We need more abundance, man. I think people were just looking. I think maybe you should have gave them this before you gave them the full moon ritual because guess what? This weekend's more full moon. <laughs> Well, um, with with the whole manifestation thing, it's tied into the counterfeit personality. So whenever you're trying to move up a level, there sometimes is resistance. The counterfeit personality fights back. And, uh, you know, we're going to see that, you know, sometimes you get a good vibration, you, you learn something new, you get a good feeling, and you go home or you go back to your family, your mom and dad, your brothers, your, your peers, the girlfriend you eat lunch with every Wednesday, and um, they're hating on you. And so, number one, it's going to test your counterfeit personality, and it allows you to see theirs. It might not be pretty at the time. There may be some nastiness involved. But in the end, you needed to see their counterfeit personality. 
and you need to recognize yours in order for you to grow. So um, manifestation, the, the principles are simple. Execution is a mother. <laughs> Please, as, as we say, there are no shortcuts. Yeah, what do you have to say for the people who think Tantra is a shortcut? Well, the first thing I want to say before I forget is, you know, we're pushing these classes hard, and there's a class in uh, this weekend in New Jersey. A serious brother is holding it. And it's, uh, you know, if you can take that class, you can jump to the level two class October the 6th. So Serious Brother is holding a class this uh, uh, Friday and Saturday. And, uh, you know, go to his, his website, or uh, I'm sorry, go to his Facebook page and check him out. Um, or go to him, you know, if you have another means of sending him an email or whatever, check him out. If you're in the New Jersey, Newark area or New York metro area, Um I want to say that, you know, in all of these things, it's difficult to give complete answers in a short period of time like this. It's definitely a challenge. Um, you know, it's like we talk about manifestation, we talk about some of these subjects, and we just hit the high points, and people feel a little frustrated because they're like, well, you didn't completely answer it. You know, it's not something that I can implement. But that's not something that you should expect that you're going to get in a, in a, in a short-term type program, you really need to make this a lifestyle. Um, Saturday and Sunday, Serious Brother is, is doing a class. Now, what are you doing Saturday and Sunday? There may be some very enjoyable things you've got planned. You may have a, you know, a conference you're going to go to, a festival, you're going to take your growth into a movie. But take some time and come to one of these classes or take, do some of these other events. Go to some of these. If it's not our thing, somebody else's thing. Take it seriously and invest some time into it. Um, you know, it's like if you don't, it, 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 sometimes you're not going to understand some of the things that we're saying on the air. Um, a lot of times I'm making statements and stuff, and I'm trying to keep it as simple as I can. But to really answer some of these questions thoroughly, I really need to use the language that we use in the classes. So let me, let me before I forget, give out Sirius Brothers' uh, email address. It's respect, the word respect, like Aretha Franklin respect. It's respect357 at gmail.com. Respect357 at gmail.com to get information on the, the Tantra class up in New Jersey. So I'm going to kick it back to you, Kai, here. I hope I answered the question. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Now, who is the class open for in New Jersey? Is level is the class in Jersey and the class in Baltimore open for first-timers, or how do you have that set up? The class this coming Saturday and Sunday is the level one class. It's the it's 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 a it's a um a, it's a condensed version specifically to accommodate particular groups. So, but what we're doing is if you um, take this class, we will allow you to go ahead and take the level two class, and um, and we will apply whatever fees you spent on the class this weekend 
to be deducted from the fee for the level two class. So it's a great opportunity to get level one and two. Uh, there are going to be some things that you won't get in this class that are, are that you normally would get in level one, but we will make those up later. So are you, you will have about, a chance to get the part the that you don't get. Are you, th- are you talking about the one in Baltimore or the one in Jersey? So the one in Jersey is Saturday and Sunday, this coming Saturday and Sunday, and that's the level one class. The class that starts in Baltimore next weekend, October the 6th, that's the level two class. That's the big class. Uh, we're, we're basically doing this class this weekend to qualify people so that they can take the level two class next week. We did the same thing last weekend in Baltimore. And it's possible I may do another class this Thursday and Friday uh, to, to, to get people, give them enough information so that they can take the level two class. The reason that we're rushing like this is because um, we're not sure if we're going to be able to do the level two class this year again in Baltimore. So we're trying to get as many people through it as possible because we can't do the level three class until people take the level two class. So we're going to try to get into Atlanta uh, this year to do the level two class, and we're going to try to get in Houston early 2013 with the level two class because until we get enough people to do level two, we can't even offer level three. And my goal is to start level three sometime early 2013. There's a limited amount of time that I have, and I need to get people up to level five. Because until people get to level five, they really will not really see what we're really doing here and what's, what this agenda is really about. Level five is 12 weeks, $5,000. It's, it's, it's a class that you have to get initiated in the beginning just to get into the class. It's a totally different format. It's, it's intense. It's stuff that you're doing every day. And even though that's, that you're meeting just on the weekends, it's, you know, you have to be very devoted and very serious about it. But that's what's required. It's much more expensive because eventually these classes are not going to be this cheap. They're going to be very expensive to get into these classes. But we've got to get enough people out here in levels one, two, three, and four before we can even offer level five. So we're trying to get as many people as we can in the level two, and therefore our serious brother is going to be conducting the class this weekend, level one. And, um, you know, I may, uh, if I get enough people, I may do a quick class just during the middle of the week to qualify one or two more people for the level two class next weekend. But we're, you know, we're moving fast to get people qualified because then we've got more people doing table work, more people healing. We've got more people talking about it, and we have more people qualified to go to the next level. So I kick it back to you. Um, and we, we're running out of time there, but uh, I just want to—I wanted to say all of that. All right, we got another caller on the line. Caller from the eight one seven. Caller from the eight one seven seven zero three. Your mic is open. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? Hello, your phone is on mute. Caller from the eight one seven. Hello. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes. What's your name and where are you calling from? Sorry, my phone was on mute. This is Ebony, and I'm calling from Fort Worth, Texas. How are you doing today? Hi, Ebony. I'm Marcia. Hi, Coach K. 
Hello, Ebony. Hi. How close are you to Houston? Uh, I am about four hours. A good job. Uh, it's not possible for me to jump in the car and drive down there. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna get you on our mailing list for the Houston class. Yes, I was calling to find out when you were gonna start your internet classes, or if you're gonna be back in Houston, because I'm really interested in getting involved and really digging. The preliminary date in Houston is November second. It's going to be the second, third, and fourth. That's not a firm date. That's the planning date. There's a meeting tonight of the Houston group to determine if they're going to adopt, if they're going to accept that date. But we should okay. be posting the, the event, the class on Eventbrite in the next two or three days for the Houston. So what you want to do is uh, uh, um, uh, you want to send an email to Kimsa333 at gmail.com. That's K-H-E-M-S-A-333 at gmail.com, and, and I or, or an assistant will read that and put you on the list, both for the virtual Internet class and for the event in Houston. Um, and we're going to try to do both level one and level two like two months later. So November is the Houston class, the first weekend in November, Houston mm-hmm. class, level one. Level two should follow in January. Well. That's just absolutely perfect. I mean, I can't, I can't get any better than that because I should have, I think that week my schedule was actually kind of free, so I should be able to uh, make it down there. Uh, I had a, a question, kind of because you just mentioned it, and it's kind of been something I've been going through. I've been listening, catching up on your show through the series. Actually, the past two weeks, I think I listened to all of them except for the last two. But as I've been trying to identify my counterfeit personality, I've been really noticing how other people's counterfeit personalities have been coming against me, and especially people really close to my family, where it's just come to the point where it's nasty. And I just feel like I have to cut myself off. Like I've totally been cutting myself off from different people, you know, as the year has gone on. And now it's just at the point it's like, okay, I don't know. So how do you how do you deal with it to the point of okay recognizing okay a lot of things I see in you I see in myself but I don't want to be like that but and how do I still love you or maintain a relationship or can I even maintain a relationship with you and I'm talking about my, you know my you know. my comment to that is this and we're running out of time that's why I'm I'm being a little quick no, number I'm, one uh, when you die your average income will more than likely be the average of your five closest friends. If your five closest friends average $40,000 a year, that's probably how much you will be making when you die, and you'll probably have less than $1,000 in the bank, not counting uh-huh. insurance. Your, your, your relationship status will probably be very similar to the relationship status of your five closest female friends. So if they're dysfunctional and you... Uh, are immersed in their vibration, then you're probably going to be dysfunctional. So you must decide. If you want to be abundant and you want to manifest, then you will do one of two things. You will begin to find that you will be separated from people whether you want to be with them or not. You will just all of a sudden wake up and you won't be around them anymore because your manifestation will force you into another plane. 
The right. other thing is that if you become a true manifester and a true leader, you will mm-hmm. remain with those people and they will gradually change to be like you mm-hmm. so that they're in harmony with you and they're supportive of you. And this, right. the best thing to do is to stay with the people. You will bless them because as you change and prosper, they'll change and prosper. It's not mm-hmm. always possible or easy to do. If they're really nasty people, they're really desperate, they're really criminal, they're really uh, scarcity model people, they're really relationship crazy, get away until you get yourself firmly established. Then think about going back. But right now I find myself surrounded with, you know, people who are positive. And, right. you know, I, I I will hang out with people who are dysfunctional, but it puts them in such a bind half the time for their, you know, just to be kind to them. I, I kind of just don't try to do it because when people come around me, it just brings their issues up like fire. I mean, it right. just blaze a flame, you know, because my vibration and their vibration just clash so strongly, and they can't do anything to change me. Therefore, they are forced into a situation of crossroads. And to, to keep them from having to go through that kind of turmoil, I just kind of stay away. Right. But yes, if, you, if you're dealing with people like that, once you start changing, definitely mm-hmm. you're going to be like, these people are crazy. And you're going to start to feel the urge to get away. Mm-hmm. And go ahead and get away. Find new friends, new places, maybe even a new job. But understand that don't hate. Understand that you may get to a place where you're so powerful, so confident, so centered, that you can go back into that mm-hmm. jungle. And then the jungle begins to align itself to you, and those people begin to change to become more like you. Did I answer your question? You, you, you more than just affirmed everything that I've experienced or saying to me. So yes, yes, you have. So thank you. I appreciate it, and hopefully I'll be. You know, I, I, I it will be in Houston. I'm just gonna put it out there. So I will be in Houston. So, uh, or be taking your class whenever you are offering it. So. I ordered my books. I'm waiting for them to come in the mail. So I'm watching the mailbox. I ordered two of them, one for me and for my mate. So we're going to get it down. Great, great. Well, you should be getting the books any day now, I should hope. And uh, I will, you said Fort Worth? Yes. I'll, I'll talk to the minions to find out. We have dwarves delivering the books. And uh, I'll go have to go down into the dungeon and see if they're, they're attending to their duties properly. <laughs> well, and then we'll make sure and we'll make sure that uh, we'll make sure that you're getting the um the information on the class. As soon as you send us an email, we'll make sure you get all of that information and um you know, uh, we'll get Fort Worth in the house. All right. Well I uh, appreciate it and I look forward to uh hearing hearing from you soon and about the class and you have a wonderful, lovely day. And you two do the same, Coach K. All right, thank you, baby. Mwah. Love you. <laughs> bye bye. I love kissing on them Dallas I mean on them Fort Worth women. I don't have a lot of experience with Fort Worth women, but she sounds very nice. <laughs> she, she just said she got a man, so I'm going to go easy with her. Oh, okay, well, she was kissing like she wanted to be kissed on, so that's all I'm saying. So I, I'm just, 
you know, somebody, I'm not going to call any names, but somebody on Facebook sent me a picture of this woman, and she was like, um, let's just say her waist was very small and other parts of her were not. <laughs> and I just want to know where these women are, uh, 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 where, why you guys are holding these women back from the classes. Why won't y'all ever take your classes? <laughs> I don't know whether the I mean, well, hey, I'm telling you the insecurity <laughs> the scarcity, man. I mean, you're just making fun. They're not going to come on. Nobody's going to call. No man is getting ready to call in and say, I'm keeping my woman from taking the class because I'm scared she's going to end up giving this pussy to somebody else and I can't get no more. I've never, I mean, I can't say I've never heard of such audacity, but to hear it all the time, with as many women as there are running around here, that's what, I mean. I think I think everybody's in the fog brain. You know what I'm saying? What brother is just like I feel that example you gave earlier about the car. You know, men going through that process to treating pussy like it's a car, and um, they can't get no more if that car breaks down. So they got to do everything: lie, cheat, steal, and whatever to you know stay stay in that car. Um, that's the paradigm I think that we're up against right now. So I guess we're just going to keep on showing up and growing up, and some people are going to keep on getting left behind. Hey. I got some good music for us to get up out of here with tonight, too, y'all. Some more, uh, some more I snuck up on you stuff. Uh, just came on. I got that, uh, yeah, you know, I did, I, I did down into the bag. I also want to give a big shout-out to Atlanta this weekend. Once again, Coach Kaye will be in the building doing a Royal Rhythm recital. That's what it's going to be. Get you back in your rhythm. Find your rhythm and why your relationship is all junky. Uh, do you cop out and drop out, or do you stay and play? That's going to be the topic. Y'all, you got any last words? I want to thank all my listeners. And I want to thank Coach Kair. Um I want to thank Serious Brother uh, and other names that I won't mention on the air, but you know who you are. Uh, I want to thank Mia Ferguson, uh, who's really going to help. We have uh, tomorrow I'm signing books and reading from the Oracle of Kimsonu at the Baltimore Book Fair. Uh, we're going to have a special event for the black science fiction authors at the Living Well Friday, 7 o'clock. It's right on Charles Street, Charles and 25th. Um, and it's going to be an event that it's like nothing you've ever seen before. We're going to have a collection of black science fiction writers there. And, uh, you know, it's just something that I'm just very excited about. All right. We'll see y'all this weekend. See y'all next Sunday for Cosmo uh, Cosmo Physics, 8 o'clock. Sometometry night at 8 o'clock on Tuesday. And back here with the Tower of Tantra on Thursday. Peace. American School of Symptometry is looking for dedicated students who want to learn how to eat scientifically and live a disease-free life. 
American School of Symptometry is the teaching and training arm of symptometry. We offer three types of scholarships to help you with the cost of educating yourself and learning how to cure disease at the cellular level. That's right, cure disease. Our mission statement is curing is proving. Check us out at symptometry.com. That's S-Y-M-P-T-O-M-E-T-R-Y dot com. You'll be glad you did. Or call us at 708-252-3621 for more information. That's 708-252-3621. American School of Symptometry. center of the whole universe was brought forth. And the goddess of time stood at the center of the universe she had brought forth. Her creative power was spent.